The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo Media. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. Back again for the Dale Jr. Download. Um, we got a great show today. Um, we're bringing in two guests. So Bubba Wallace is going to come in here. Can't wait to talk to him. Also, a uh, winner from Martinsville at the 300 lap late model stock race. Josh Berry is going to stop in and tell us all about uh, winning the biggest race of his life. Mike Davis, Matthew Dillner, live on. Everybody ready to rock? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Listen, before we get to our guest, I want to take a second to tell you about our other podcast. That's Door Bumper Clear. Door Bumper Clear. Is that your average race recap? Unfiltered commentary and an abundance of opinion. Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Get the out of my way. Like Johnny Cash, we ain't afraid to walk the line. I'll walk the line. Listen to Door Bumper Clear. Available on all major podcast platforms. It burns, burns, burns. Ring of fire. Door Bumper Clear. Door Bumper Clear is awesome. Freddie Kraft is a regular on the show. He happens to be a spotter for our guest, Bubba Wallace. That's right. So let's bring him in. Bubba. Bubba had a great run at the Daytona 500. <sighs> Pull it together, bud. Pull it together. You just finished second. It's awesome. I just try so hard to be successful at everything I do. And Darrell Wallace Jr. is going to get his first win in the Camping World Truck Series. Um, I won't put up no sh- I'm going to get my respect on the track, and I don't care who it is. So, so I flat out wrecked his ass back. I don't know. It's not supposed to happen. According to Twitter, we're supposed to run 25th and 30th all week and crash cars. Oh, this is going to be big. We're not supposed to run with these big teams. What the hell? Somebody can drive. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to chug this, and then it's going to turn into something else after this. We're going to go party. So appreciate y'all. Hell yeah. Hey, Bubba. Oh, here he comes. How's it going, man? Oh, Bubba. All right, have a seat, and I'll explain to you why we're doing it this way. So if we all hop up and... Shake hands and say hello, which, and is, hug. which is really the nice thing to do when somebody right. walks in a room. Professional. It takes us about ten more minutes to sit back down and get our started. We, we got nothing but time. Right? We start chatting, well, we hug, we do, and then we realize yeah. that we used up all the good stuff yeah, and, we, and we, not for the podcast. Donor told me to be here at nine, and we're seven minutes past. Well, so. you're fine. That's good. Where's Donor at? This I'm back good. here. That's seven more minutes of sleeping, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Would you, you're you still be sleeping right now? Uh, I woke up before my alarm today. So. Look at you, man. Yeah. What are you, yeah. a dad? <laughs> well, I hope not. That's, what dad, that's some dad stuff right I hope there. Not. <laughs> yeah, this is what we wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah. Are you a dad? <laughs> well, I just know, like, I wake up before my alarm. I don't even need to set one anymore uh, because that's I'm right. getting my ass is getting up, right. whether I'm yeah. ready to or not. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what's been going on, man? Nothing. You got a lot. You got you got a lot happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just finally getting over a head cold from this weekend, so. Mm. That's been nice. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a blessing. That time of year. It was year. a blessing and a curse because obviously you feel bad. Going for the weather change, it was 94 when we left, and then we landed in Dover. It was like 55, 60 yeah. degrees. So that triggered it. Uh, but it saved me a lot of money. Did not go up to the casino, so that was nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I laid in the bus uh, for three days straight, so it was good. Yeah, I stayed in the casino for the first time. I've Did never you? stayed in that stayed hotel. Did you? Mm-hmm. Not bad. No, it's cool. Did yeah. you have a track view? I did. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Which is very weird. It is weird. I'm like, what has what? happened to my life? <laughs> I used to be down there. Oh, in yeah. The, in the bus lot. Yeah. 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 Very, very, uh, tracks are kind of weird. You know, that quiet track thing? 
mm-hmm. that Gluck does. It's kind of like that on steroids. Did you find yourself just peeking out the window going, look at that old quiet track right there. It's, uh, just I get talk to look about at... all the years and history. Man. Hey, did you know that at Dover, the front straightaway, uh, the back stretch used to be the front stretch? Uh, no. I, I was told that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a picture mm-hmm. uh, I saw this weekend on social media, on uh, Twitter, that uh, so that big building where everybody sits and gambles on the horse races, yep. right? Is uh, there's it's in the it's in the photo and there's the flag stand. <coughs> it's just oh. past the gate. Wow. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know when they moved it. When when did they do the horse racing there? You know, I think it was uh, I think it was the the ones where they ride in the carts. Oh yeah, there's like, a name like for that. gladiator style. Two wheels, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Got two wheels. Ben Hur. <laughs> so there's a yeah. There's a pick. That, so back in 1980, <laughs> they had the drivers do a promo where Dad, Bobby Allison, Daryl Waltrip, and then one one maybe more got on those and rode them around that no around way. that horse track. That's cool. Very Is that dangerous? Harness racing. Harness perhaps? racing. Harness yeah. racing. Yes, you're right. Very dangerous. Yeah. Wow. Do you like Pocono? Uh, I've actually grown to like Pocono. Um, I went there 13 in the trucks and I think it was cause it was so, such a momentum place and going there for the first time, three different corners. Yeah. I felt like one and two was pretty easy. And then, and they were like, yeah, just basically hold it wide open. And I'm like, wow, do the tunnel turn. And I'm like, nah, this place is kind of cool. It's different. Yeah. It's cool. And shifted and stuff like that made it interesting. So, um, so yeah, I like Pocono. Do you? Yeah. Did I ask you if you like Pocono? You, you did. did. I don't know why we switched to Pocono. And, I, and, and, and my I'm, follow-up question was going to be to Dale, and that was, yeah. why are we asking him about Pocono? I, I was like, oh, okay. Well, we talked about like, sleep. Do you, you like Dover? Sleep. Dover's, the, <laughs> yeah. Dover's the most badass racetrack on the circuit. You like Dover? I love Dover. Really? Just the feel of it. The Going there for the first time, uh, K&N car, we had just raced, I think, Martinsville. Finished third there, and we were driving up to uh, Dover. And Andy Santer. Uh, old Bush North guy. Yeah, he was uh, he was running our program program over at Rev Racing, and uh, he said, "All right, bud, to make this work in a really thick northern Maine accent, yeah. to make this work down into turn one, hold wide open." And I'm like, "Okay, simple enough." Pfft, the drop off there slams the racetrack, and I'm like, "Hell no, no chance, no, absolutely not." Unfortunately, or fortunately for me, my excuse we had motor problems. From start of the weekend <laughs> to the end, um, and so we were sputtering all the way down the straightaway. So I was about two, three cylinders down. So it made it a little bit easier, hold wide open, <laughs> but absolutely not. Uh, ended up blowing a right front tire, lap thirty-seven. Um, go back the next year, and I'm like, all right, I'm manning up, wide open, all the way around. <laughs> Sat on the pole, won both practices, won the race, and I'm like, coolest racetrack ever. Really? And then yeah, for the next three, two, three years, qualified on the pole for. Um, uh, the truck races, the Xfinity races. Uh, so the only thing I have a pole is a cup car there, and it's killing me. It's coming. I love qualifying there. I, it's coming. I yeah. I wish it was asphalt. I would like to see it asphalt. Yeah. That'd be cool. I think it would be a whole lot cooler. I think it'd be a lot better racing. I do too. Hopefully that doesn't give me a, a visit to the hall. Why would you get in trouble for saying that? That's totally you, it can, you're, you're skittish. You're you skittish. can say it. Well, no, you can't. can't. Just, I've already said one race was bad, and I got called to the hall. <laughs> we don't have to say the race is bad. You can just say I, the race would be a whole lot all better if it were. Yeah. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to put no, one well, down. Junior can say it, so of uh, course you don't junior, have to put one together. thing down to pr- to prove your point. If you have an opinion, you can just say this would be cooler. That's true. Yeah, and then, but you can't have your opinion in the sport, especially me. You know, coming in borderline sophomore year 
no wins, no championships. I don't have yeah. ten championships, so I can't have an opinion at all. Well, so that's it's really that's actually a fair point. I mean, you got you got to feel like your opinion is going to be validated. I mean, it's valid like you can offer it because nobody likes people giving opinions when they don't feel like, you know, they they've earned the right. You know, Jeff Burton could give an opinion, yeah. right? You know, there's your dad, Rusty Wallace. They had opinion. They were mm-hmm. the opinion givers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get it. Maybe a few years you then lay the asphalt to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> lay the asphalt. By yeah, the way, Dale, I wasn't molded that way. Is is there right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, is there a track anywhere that you feel like concrete is the way to go? No. All right. So like asphalt everywhere. Right. Concrete is like have you? It, it's like uh, driving. I mean, surely people have went down a concrete interstate or. And it's 45. like joints in the concrete. That is true. And, and Dover still Dover has that. And so when the tires and Goodyear used to get so pissed off at me because about middleway through the race, I'd say, These tires are bouncing like basketballs. And they would say, you know, stop talking about our tires. We really don't appreciate you talking badly about them. Because I would say, Oh, they're like plastic hot wheel <laughs> car tires or they don't have any That's grip. Funny. Or, you know, I'd I'd use references that every man might understand. And so, it, and it and it basically when the pressures build up and the track rubbers up, it bounces on them jo- joints. Yeah. And I mean, it'll rip the interior out the of the straightaways car. are really rough. I'm sorry. Yes, they are. <laughs> They're so. They rough. They are. So um, I was racing there one year and it shook the interior out of the car like spot welds in the interior bro- wow. broke out of the TV panel across mm-hmm. the back. You know, across the back where the shocks are mounted to that bar mm-hmm. in the rear suspension. And I mean, just you know, guys are throwing freaking axles out yesterday, and the twelve car blow, burn up a bearing yeah. or brakes or something. Said the left front hub or something, right? So just it's a beat up old rough track, and not you know that's great. I like things that are not gonna, in the right way though. Yeah, I like things that are going to test the equipment because mm-hmm. yeah. it's rare that we have equipment that fails. But right. that we want the drivers to be challenged mm-hmm. physically and the yes. cars to be challenged. But I think, man, when they used to have asphalt. They would smoke the tires around the corners, and you could, I don't know, it was cool. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, concrete's just a lazy way of making sure you don't have to repave the track for 40, 50 years. That's true. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. That's all it is. That's the only reason they paved it uh, with concrete, was to save their ass from having to repave it. Well, it rains all the time up there, too, so it's... uh, I think concrete's a little bit easier to dry. Dry is that? Is that? Am I right on that? I have no clue, but maybe I, I would wonder the time frame from asphalt to sure. concrete. Yeah, I think you maybe have something there. Maybe I, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this has been an interesting year from you, and there's a couple things I want to talk to you about, and and one of them um, was you came out about depression, mm-hmm. and so for a lot of people that are struggling with any kind of depression or anxiety issues. It's really hard to probably uh, talk to anyone about it, much less make it such a public, uh, you know, confession. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, your I guess your fear is that a lot of people aren't going to understand or what you're talking about, understand what your experiences are, or think you, think, think that you're weak or that you just need yeah. to tighten up or, mm-hmm. or pull yourself together. Like, every, you know, they're going to say things like, well, everybody has problems in life. Right. Everybody has struggles. Right. So um, I commend you for coming uh, forward about that because there are a lot of people that are struggling, and when you share your story, you support and you hold them people up, and so that's pretty amazing that you did that. Appreciate it. Um, and I guess wh- how how what made you want to say, hey, I'm having this problem? Was it what made you want to uh, reveal something so personal? I guess I've never looked at it as 
a sign of weakness um, or coming out and talking uh, about any issue that I have. I think, hell, you ask me, I'm going to tell you. Mm. And and you don't see, I, I guess, I don't know if it's like the bigger picture or the light at the end of the tunnel, um, but I was definitely in, in rough times there. Uh, it was Kansas, so um, whatever race that was. 10 12 on the schedule um and they were like what's going on you seem different and i'm like i'm depressed that's simple as that and then for weeks and weeks and even to this day i'm still getting thanked for coming out and talking about depression it's helped so many other people Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh Mm. i didn't know it was such a big deal Mm -hmm. you know i was just asked what was going on and i told them because i'm an open book you know what you get is what you get what you see what you get but it's such a bigger deal than just talking about, hey, I'm depressed. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm going through this, and days are dark, and days are long, and quiet and lonely, and people are like, I've never been able to come out and talk about that. And I, I don't have the time to sit down with them and be like, why? Just talk about right. it. And, you know, it is signs of weakness and, and, and whatnot. And, and, and I think it's it depends on how you let others affect you and, like, how you tell your story. Like, if if you're if you're worried about what other people think, then it's I I broke out of that shell a long time ago. Back in high school, I always used to care what people thought, and I wouldn't come out about anything. Like I had to be dressed down to the nines. I felt like if I wasn't, then I showed signs of weakness, and it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And finally, I woke up one day. I'm like, this is stressful. I'm gonna show up looking like a bum. I don't care. You know, I'm ready to just live my own life. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I am today. I, I don't. I do care to an extent, but on those things. I think talking about that, those things, the people you're put on a pedestal, you're put in a spotlight. That's one thing I hate about being an athlete or a competitor or just a, an icon or whatever it is. You're put on that pedestal, so whatever you say is magnified, and it's brought out to a huge audience. Um, but, man, I just – it's what I felt that day. Yeah. And it helped out so many other people, so I thought that was really cool. When you say they asked you what's going on, you mean the media? The media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did your team know notice anything nope. before that? Mm-mm. So this was the first time you had admitted it to anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty good at holding things, and that's my problem. I held it in for so long, and it had just built up. Mm-hmm. So I don't I, I've I've I don't talk. Uh, like when I'm mad, I just hold it all in, and I don't talk, and that's what's ruined relationships and and whatnot. I just hold it all in, and then. A day later, it blows over. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. But you don't realize the damage that's that you've done. Cr- that, that's crazy. It's almost like this paradox where you're known for being an open book, and yet you're saying that you conceal and, and hold things mm-hmm. in. And that's got to be uh, exhausting almost. <laughs> is that, It is now. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. So when you admitted that to uh, pu- you know publicly, mm-hmm. did that feel like a regret or a release? Uh, a release, for sure. Uh, a release of uh, emotions, anger, frustration, tears, uh, sadness, uh, darkness, loneliness, everything. You mm-hmm. know, when you talked about it, it was um, just sitting there. And it's emotional to think about to this day. Um, there's still days. It's, it's been a lot better. Um, but there's still days I'll go home and sit on the couch and look at a blank TV. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you taking steps to get yourself some assistance with that? Is that something so you've been I, proactive with? I, I tried. I, I went to counseling, and people are like, man, there's nothing wrong with going to counseling. I'm like, I know that. Stop <laughs> telling me that. Who said, yeah. <laughs> who, who said there was anything wrong? Yeah, I'm like, it's a matter if I want to get up and go or not. I don't. Yeah. If somebody wants to talk to me, sure. So I went and did that t- twice. Um, 
with a psychiatrist and a psychologist. Mm. And it was very weird. It was just sitting there talking like, this is what I'm feeling. Well, why are you feeling this way? Uh, I don't know. I just am. And I didn't, they said, you got to give it time. It's not really going to go anywhere in the two weeks. Yeah. And I stopped going, of yeah. course. So I was like, I, I can't do it. Sure. I would say that you probably didn't make a connection with that person on a personal level. I didn't. And, mm-hmm. and I've, I love uh, therapy, and I've been for many reasons in my life, mm-hmm. and I feel like that there's times when I went and met people. I went to a therapist, and I'm like, I don't mean you aren't going to click. Mm-hmm. And then I went to some, and I've been like, this is an awesome person, and I'd like to spend more time with mm-hmm. them, you know, and they become really close friends. Mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully you land on that one that you like. Yeah, I haven't. it's been it's been three or four months yeah. now, so it's been a little bit. Well, man, um, I've noticed, though, that, you know, you're emotional. Uh, you wear your, you know, your feelings on your sleeve. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a sort of an extension of that? Because. Um, that's how it's always been, really. You've just always been that person. Like when you run second at Daytona and you had those emotions on the on in the media center with your mom there. And yeah. um, you just seem to be that, you know, even with uh, Bowman there at the end of that race, like mm. you just seem to have your – you just react, you know, yeah. and you just you, – you, whether it's positive or negative, yeah. you seem to be very volatile, if you will, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Is that sort of just always been your personality? Yeah, I think I'm guilty of doing before I think, especially on the negative side. Yeah. You know, it's like, ugh, probably shouldn't have done that. Whatever. Can't How take old back. are you? 26. I'll yeah. be ah, I'll be 26 tomorrow. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're in your 20s and at least into some of your 30s, that's just how you're going to do things. I know. And that's <laughs> like, there was, there was a lot. Can you survive it and get to that point? I'll, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. All you can do is try, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think I've always I've always been that that guy. I've always had a little bit of a temper. Right. Um, I take after my dad, uh, who has a very very short temper, and uh, that's been kind of the downfall. So I hate that I kind of took that aspect from him. But you know, Daytona was uh, was a lot to do with my dad, and he wasn't even there. Mm. Uh, so not many people know my parents went through a divorce um, at the beginning of 2016. Yeah. Um. And when was that Daytona race? Was that 17 or 18? 18. Okay. And uh, family went this way. Oh. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's super tough to talk about even to today. We, we're obviously in a, we're in a lot better place than my dad and I are. But, um, you know, this is the first time I've ever – this, I, I like this show because honesty comes out. Yeah, this room has some kind of weird. I know it's like speak the truth, <laughs> nothing but the truth. It's got this truth serum. Yeah, that oozes from the table. So, twenty sixteen, I think it was that year. It was. Uh, I'm sitting in my house, and um, my mom comes barging in at like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, "What, mother?" That's how I always. That's how I always <laughs> yeah. talk to my mom. She hates it. Um, <laughs> And she, I was like, what are you and dad arguing about now? Not even, like, being serious. Like, well, what do you do now? Because they, they never argued, at least that you've seen. And she didn't say anything. She sat down on the couch. And I'm like, what is wrong? Still thinking, Ugh. like, what what the hell's going on? Well, me and your dad got into it and la da da so forth, so on. And light switch went off. I got in the truck, went over there, fought my dad. Fought? Yeah, fought. No kidding. Yeah. Fought. fought. Yeah, like, swinging fist. Yeah. Just did before I thought. Physical altercation. Physical altercation. And since that day, 
that's when family went. Me and him, it was for, that was 15 years of racing at that point. Mm -hmm. For 15 years of racing, it was me and him Mm. like this. And then that day, that was it. Um, And so the next morning was uh, media day down in Charlotte. I was racing for Jack uh, and whatnot. And they sent out a thing, hey, wear black pants, button down, whatever. I showed up in a t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. And Jack looked at me. And I looked back at him with the same look, and I said, you can say what you want to say, but you ain't going to win this argument. And we went and talked later that afternoon. He called me in his office. He said, hey, what was that all about? You're not being a part of the team. And I'm like, I don't care what I'm a part of right now. That's the least of my worries. You're headed somewhere else. Absolutely. I don't even want to be there. I got, what do you feel about this season? Yep. You feel like you're in Yep. Yeah, Man. it was a bad day. And so. Did you tell Jack what happened? Uh, I think I eventually told him. Like what went down, and he understood. Um, but I think this year has has been like finally my dad and I are kind of making some progress. And if you know my dad, he's who super hard headed uh, to, to talk to and just to make him understand things and, and and whatnot. Still love him to death, no matter what, right, wrong, indifferent. Uh, he's my dad. Um, but I forgot where we we're going with this story. Well, I don't care because this is this is really good. I mean, I'm curious about how you guys started making progress this year? Like, did, did you have to be the bigger man and make the first, you know, extended olive branch to him? Or what, like, yeah. how did you guys Mul- start Multiple going? times. Multiple times I did. And, again, that's where I say reaching out to my dad. His, 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 uh, his favorite saying was, time shall heal all wounds. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you want to talk? Time shall heal all wounds. I'm like, okay. Took a couple months later. Hey, man, you want to talk? Time shall heal all. I'm like God Almighty. <laughs> he can't tell you. Yeah. That. You should reply. You know. You know what else heals wounds? You know, actually c- conversing about yes, it. <laughs> yes. 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 So uh, it's still you still have that little bit of that awkward tension there, um, and and it's it's part of it. You know, growing up around him, you see like kind of his antics and how he is, and and you try to to be around that. My, my mom and I she came to the race this weekend. We were talking, um, and I was like, Yeah, I got. I got something on my dad. It may have been his temper, like I had just said. And I was like, I hate that I got that side of it. But all in all, it's all right. We stand up for what's right. You know, my dad was always, he always wanted the right way, the fair way. He felt like if we were done wrong, he'd he'd go back. He's, he's an eye for an eye guy. That's it. And he would, I remember we got thrown out at uh, at Kentucky in Legend Car. Uh, the bumper got pushed in. It didn't get knocked off. It just got pushed in, bent in the, the frame rails, just Pushed it in a little bit, and they were like, nope, your bumper's detached. You're black flag. And we're like, I didn't know. I was just sitting in the car mad. And he was like, go to the hauler. And I, I think he threatened to whoop his ass or something. And so he was suspended indefinitely from Kentucky Motor Speedway for the legend oh, wow. stuff. And uh, the guy that suspended him comes down the next week, and my dad, like, kisses him on the cheek just to, just to fire up that emotion. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That's just how my dad is. And that's where we just we push people's buttons. That's all we do, constantly yeah. push people's buttons. So, so has he been to the racetrack, uh, uh, you know, since you guys are getting back on the same, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. He came to uh, he came to Bristol. He came to, he came to Darlington. Um, he was at uh, the Roval. Um, he's, come to, he's come to a handful. A, so, a lot of it has to do with his brother, though, my uncle. Does it help you? Do you like having him there, or does it, or or does it not affect you one way or another? Uh, a little bit because it's like, all right, is there going to be any drama today? You know, oh man, you know, That's a lot. Not, not like, not like it's a burden to have him there. It used to be because it was like we're not on good terms. He was like, hey man, 
uh, seems like you don't want me to come. Do you want me to come or not? It's like, hello, good luck today, nothing. Just the, do you want me there or not? And it's like, no, oh, that attitude, no, I don't. Um, he was like, man, should I even get a hard card this year? I'm like, oh, that's my so goodness. frustrating, you, you know? Yeah. And and, and <laughs> we've, we've made things better. And this isn't a, a bad talk about my dad, but this is this is a big chunk of the depression that I've gone through is, is losing <laughs> your best friend. You yeah, know? exactly. I, I would think that would play into it. Yes, yeah, for, for sure. sure, for sure. So, <laughs> it, like when my parents when they split up, it was always like your dad did this, your mom did this, and it's like go time out. I am straight down the middle. I don't yeah. care what BS y'all have going on. Yeah, I said you're my mom, you're my dad. That's it. Well, your mom did this. You're, oh gosh. So I, I didn't talk to my parents for months and months at a time when they were going through things. Mom yeah. would call me, "Hey, how are you? Fine." Well, guess what your dad did today? Click, hang up. I don't care. I don't care. Stop trying to pull me one way. We're not trying to pull you one way. Yes, you are. Yeah. That's amazing to me how even at 25 years old, divorce can can affect you. Mm -hmm. You know, you worry about people or kids going through, you know, going through a divorce with their parents when they're young, Mm -hmm. not understanding or too young to really know what relationships are all about. But even at that age, it can be such a burden and so tough and emotionally uh, debilitating um for sure yeah insane i didn't know if i didn't think you were going to talk about that i'd kind of you know knew that you had had some things like that going on mm-hmm. in the past and uh knew that that was way, weighing on you mm-hmm. um but i'm glad that things are yeah time somewhat yes <laughs> yeah. i'm glad things are improving yeah. a little bit yeah for sure for you and your father Appreciate especially it. because of the racing mm-hmm. relationship yeah all right, let's take a real quick break from Bubba to tell you a little bit about an important partner of ours on the Dell Jr. Download. Yeah, man, hiring is a slow process. That's why it's important to hire using ZipRecruiter. Okay, let's tell you about our buddy Dylan Miskowitz. That's right. You heard about him. He's the COO of Cafe Altura. I guess that's how you say that. No way of knowing for sure, though. You got it right. <laughs> man, old Dylan. He needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants until he switched to ZipRecruiter. Yeah. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Like typically, this one's a little different. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates very fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant applicants. Get them one ratings out. That's right. (laughs) And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. Happily ever after. Now you know, director of coffee. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. The first day. Mm-hmm. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all size. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Jr. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-L-E-J-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the fastest, the smartest way to hire. It's also fast.
when you raced in late models, like I, the, so, the first time I remember seeing you uh, was in the K and N cars. Mm-hmm. But I I remember your late model car. I remember that paint scheme, mm-hmm. and I rem, I don't. But I never saw you race. I still owe Davin Sites a wreck. From what? Running your <laughs> car. I know who Dave. Yeah, so we I know, know Davin. Davin. He was yeah. he wrecked you. No, he wrecked me at Concord. Really? And he was like, uh, yeah, that was his excuse. I'm like, what? <laughs> that was it. That was it. Oh, I still yeah. owe him one. Yeah. yeah, he's out there still grinding. Is he? He ran the motor. He ran, he ran Martinsville. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, That's funny. I saw yeah. him a couple. I saw him last he week. He takes me. Yeah, yeah. I, talk, I talk to him probably once a month. We had a big charity yeah. event of, called Brenda's Bets yeah. for Pets, and he was there. So That's cool. What was your experience in late models? You ran late model stock. Mm-hmm. I ran late model stock. Uh, it's the only late models that are true to what stock car Love racing is. Love what you're saying. Love you know, not driving, <laughs> yeah. to the, not driving to the center of the corner and stepping back on the gas to the center of the corner like a super yeah. late. Blaney and Chase, we can argue, we argue that every yeah, weekend. Yeah. Yes, yeah. every weekend. Uh, the sound, the, the Blaney's, Blaney's impersonation of late model stock car is actually pretty funny. Uh, it's super high pitch, sounds like a bumblebee. It's, I think they sound sexy. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Then you got the really deep super late model. But anyways, uh, <laughs> our late model success, I was running late models when I was, let's see, 12? Wow. Mm. But I was 14? Yeah. Birth certificate? Uh-oh. You, yeah. You, you, you kinda... Oh, we had... We had five or six birth certificates. <laughs> what? Yeah. Lynn, Lynn, Carol, and I and my dad are not good friends. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. We, um, Myrtle Beach, we got there for the first time. Hate that place, by the way. I know you love Myrtle Beach. I, I hate it's it. It's tough. It is. Wait, yeah. Which one of those birth certificates gives you a birthday for tomorrow? Or is that... Is it, is it really your birthday it's tomorrow? Really my Bubba. birthday tomorrow. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, and I, I don't even know what to believe I don't, anymore. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, we went to Myrtle Beach for the first time. We made like one lap. And they were like, hey, pull it in. And Lynn and Carol stand there on the, on the lift gate. And he brings us in. How old is he? My dad says, how old do you want him to be? <laughs> <laughs> he says, give me a fax number. He'll be 16 in a matter of minutes. Oh, my yeah, goodness. fax number. Damn. And uh, we ran that race and, and whatnot. But um, we had to have, like, special insurance to run with UARA uh, back then, now at the car store. Um, but, yeah, we were, I think we were 12 when I, when I first started running, uh, 12, 13, uh, which is the normal age now. They've lowered the age right. and stuff. Um but we didn't have a ton of success uh, in late models. We ran really good, yeah. but like the wins and stuff, every car, you know, every bigger car you got into, the wins kind of decreased, and that was that was the case. We won, we won one UAR race, and uh, when De Benedetto finished, did he finished second at Bristol, second or third uh, this year. Uh, he finished second. Second, yeah, he behind won. Denny. Yeah, right. I was gonna tweet out. A picture because my mom was in the middle of selling her house, but now she decided to keep her house. So we took all the racing trophies. They're stuffed in my garage now. And there's the Caraway trophy where I got to him with 10 laps to go, gave him the bumper. And me and him, we we did not like each other. Really? But he didn't like me because of that move. I didn't wreck him. I was just like, jacked him up, got him out of the way. And I was going to send that picture. I was like, man, second place sucks, doesn't it, De Benedetto? Oh. But I was like, ah, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's my personality. See, I just push buttons. Yeah. And uh, so I got one UARA win. We won a bunch of times at Franklin County, um, which is an awesome place. Um, I, Franklin County is wild. It is wild. Yeah. It's like it's. I, I wouldn't give it the Bowman Gray status of of. They had is it that, Virginia, West Virginia. They had Virginia. that YouTube show on there called Buck Wild. They did. God, they did. Man, it was. They were, you ever seen that place? Is it? No. Oh, so man. is that it's in Virginia? Did you ever yeah. watch those videos? I did not. Oh my I did gosh. not. So Kyle Dudley. That sounds right. Yeah, he that used sounds to race right. There. They yep. were crazy, yep. man. What yep. did they do? 
Just uh, kind of like, like uh, Bowman Gray. Oh. And a little bit lower scale, and I say a lot more redneck. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. More redneck. More redneck. Okay. Matthew he's would know. Matthew's he would. Matthew's like, Matthew's like, yeah. Let Matthew say yes. that. Corey, Corey LaJoy was with me. He came up for a race uh, just to help out. I think UARA was running there. Corey, come to help you. This is years ago? This is years ago. Yeah. Um, he came up just to watch. I think UARA was going there later in the year, so I think he wanted to see the track because um, he was running at that time as well. And we were watching the street stocks race, and they get into a physical altercation. And there's one guy, he, Corey does the best impersonations of anybody. And there's this one, it may have, I don't even know what class it was, maybe even the four bangers, whatever it was. I'm a damn driver. Just yelling, yelling to the police officer. I'm a damn driver. I whoop his ass. Like, <laughs> what? This has nothing to do with what's going on. It was the craziest thing. One of the best stories. Corey, you have to ask Corey about that one day. We got sure. to. That would be funny. Yeah. List your friends that you, like Corey. Blaney, I didn't know you and Corey had any kind of connection. Yeah. So he, go back through even, you know, from any from, driver that I might recognize the name that is in that circle. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say if we start back from, from day one when it started, um, who was – who did I become friends with? I keep my friends very, very small. Well, you raced against Matt. I raced against Matt. That was a little later. So I met – if we go back to the go-kart days, Jake Crum. Yeah, he was he he came up through the ranks. He was he was like the man to beat in go karts. He yeah. was like man. He 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 did all like the big Kahuna stuff, dirt and asphalt. He was the one to beat. Uh, you remember Ryan Galinsky? Remember that familiar. name? Yeah, they ran. He runs a little bit late model stuff. Um, and then when I was running, I think when I had gotten in the Bandoleros, Blaney was running Bandoleros, mm-hmm. the white and red ten, and um, and I started hanging around them. I think mostly because his older sister. I thought she was hot. Yeah. <laughs> Did he know that? Does he? Does he know that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he does now. It's a good looking family, man. <laughs> they're, they're family now. Okay? Yeah. they're family. Now. That's a good looking yeah, family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, main reason I hang around is because Lisa, the mom, of course. Come yeah. on, that's what that's why I hang around. Um, let's see, Blaney. I, I met him first of kind of like all the all of the people. Because right at that moment, I hadn't even met LaJoy yet. Uh, actually, I did. It was LaJoy. He was running Bandos at the time. He was in Outlaws. I think that was the uh, – or no, it was Young Guns. Bandits, Young Guns, Outlaws. It was LaJoy, McReynolds, Hemrick. We were all kind of running through there. So we knew the names. Yeah. Uh, but Blaney and I, obviously, we were in Bandits together, little Rugrats running around. Um, didn't meet Chase or know of Chase until he came in Legend Cars – and had the ugliest legend car ever. Uh, green body, <laughs> green wheels. Ooh, yeah. Oh, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So that's where I, I known him from. And then he went Stuplate Model Racing. Blaney and I hung around, had some good races in Bandoleros and legend cars uh, until he got suspended after one year for soaking tires, I believe. He did? What? Yeah, he's still Blaney? suspended. Oh. Yeah, But he's still su- you can, you can go back. You can go back. But I was, I've, I was suspended indefinitely. For uh, what? Uh, let me bring out the list. Oh, you did a lot. Well, I mean, no. the start with Dillner, your age. Dillner knows he's laughing. Matthew's so. back there laughing. Yeah, All right. Dillner and I used to. I met Dillner before anybody. We it, used to be part next to each it, other. Is there a short list, Matthew, of things that uh, Bubba had done to get himself suspended? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming um, his age. Uh, well, it just seemed like no, every every fine. week it seemed like he would either be winning and crying or losing and fighting. 
And like his dad and him were he knows the most the passionate people. We sucked. I had my niece there, and we were awful. So we were at the low end of that. Y'all were at the high end of that. We were getting in trouble running in the back and getting run over. Y'all were getting in trouble getting wrecks up front. Yeah. Yeah. It was we, – uh, we had one or two instances where we were DQ'd before we even got to Tech. It was one of those things. Um, he's not supposed to be out running those guys. Yeah. You're, you're doing something. You're thrown out. Oh, man. Yeah. And then there were some, like, we used to put buckshot uh, in our, our, our A-frames and stuff on the bandolero uh, and throughout the, f- the frame rails of the car. Uh, they finally found that. Um, <laughs> we got protested for uh, – we, we didn't get thrown out of this one, but Kevin Yates, we used to run up against them in Legend Cars up in Virginia. Shenandoah, we show up for the first time. My manager and I, Kyle. Uh, we show up to Shenandoah and wax their ass. And one, two, checked out, and they come up, protest. You got traction control in your lid. He's like, so they made us take every piece of lead off. Then you think about it, how can radio waves uh, travel through lead? <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we, 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 we would show up. We'd run really good in Legend Car. We were solid in Legend Car. Uh, we bought that car. The car we had was from Reed Sorensen back in the day. I think the story is my dad, I think, Mark Martin had had it, so they went down to Mark's house in Florida and, and bought it, and my dad was hung over and threw up in his front yard. I think that's the story. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And we got that legend car, and we sold it for some reason. It was the fastest legend car on the planet, and we sold it. And now we're, we got another one that's pretty good. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I noticed you've been running some Legends cars this year. Why do you want to do that? It's the most fun uh, race car that I've ever driven in my life. Mm. Well, it taught me so much. Yeah. Just a power to weight ratio. Power to weight. Yeah. Have you you run Legend yeah. Car? Yeah, yeah. Year, yeah. Yep, years ago. Um and I just remember growing up, that's where all the memories came from. Running the shootout, remember there being how many mains do we have in semi pro donor? Uh G? Almost like Chili Bowl? Um, uh, it seemed like yeah. Uh, uh th- I remember one one time uh two thousand eight when I was running yep. and not qualifying yep. every week. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Um I would be in the C main consistently. Were you, what and class there was were like twenty eight semi pro. Semi pro. And there was like twenty eight to thirty cars they'd send home every week. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There was there was a lot. And I think I may have even been bandoleros at that time and we still had forty plus bandoleros. Legend car car count was hundred and thirty just in semi pro. Dang. And it was insane. Now it's hundred and thirty total car count between legends and bandoleros. Right. It's like, man, um, but Legend Cars is the most fun car ever. You just get out there and slide, and you go out, and they got the bumpers on there for a reason, and they preach to you, don't use the bumper in the in the driver's meeting. It's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> all right, we'll not use the bumper. But How do all those guys feel about you coming out there and running after all these years? <laughs> so so we'll go back to why I was DQ'd. Um, we, I, I would go run the road course. Lord knows I need all the road course help I can get. <laughs> yeah. So we would go run the road course just because it was fun. And not even knowing I was running I was running a legend car uh twenty fifteen. So even when I was at Xfinity, I was still running it the whole time. Oh uh, throughout the summer. Yeah. And getting thrown out every other week. So we go run in the winter heat series, uh go run the road course. We show up and first lap in practice, break a lollipop on the on the left side. Okay, come in, fix it. Go back out second practice, break the right side lollipop. It's like, Jesus, let's just load up and go home. And we ain't, we're not even cheating. There's no reason to cheat at a road course because <laughs> right. it's right. not going to help right. me at all. <laughs> so I think we make it through qualifying, go to the heat race, and run in third or so. And I'm like, all right, good day. Boom, drive shaft breaks. It's like, oh, my God. The wrecker comes and gets us and drives through the sewer 
hole, the man hole, the big tip, knocks the car off, legend car, rips the whole body off. Dang. Oh, it's just a miserable day. So my car looks like Frankenstein from hell, taped up, whatever, 600 or INX, whatever you want to call them. They're like, I will give you a new body. It's like, absolutely, you'll give me a new body. <laughs> it's mangled. So we get out in the race, running pretty decent. Boom, break the left side lollipop again. And it's like, all right, never coming back <laughs> again. Put us on the record again. My man takes a right instead of a left. I was like, oh, trailer's that way. He's like, no, they want you in tech. It's like, for what? So, obviously, a frustrating day, and uh, they come up to us, take your motor out. My dad's like, hell no, take the whole car. We're not running this car ever again. It's cursed. They're like, no, we want just the motor. It's like, after the day we've had, we're not taking out the motor. Take the car. We're not going to run this car again. You can have it. You can sell it if you want to. You're suspended and definitely get out. That's exactly how it I went. I feel like we're missing something. I s- God can strike me down right here. Take the whole car. We're not taking another part off this car, especially the motor. Just so you guys can have it. They've always been suspicious of our motors, though. Yeah. That's why. But it's like, if you want to take the whole car, take pictures and show the world what Bubba Wallace is doing, there's your chance. Do it. Find out where we're cheating. Nope, you're suspended indefinitely. So we were done from 2015 until they called me today, and the guy who threw me out, he got fired, and they were like, hey, he's gone. You want to come back? I'm like, hell <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> I'm back. So, so you go back. So back to his question: How the 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 reception for you to come oh, yes. back? Oh yes. So coming back, um, a lot of people were pumped. So the first week back, uh, Michigan, I was pumped because we knew for a couple months that I was going to be back in the shootout, and I was just going to go get my feet wet again. And um, Michigan rained out on Sunday, and so they start off now with a doubleheader for the shootout Monday and Tuesday. So I missed Monday, so I'm like, dang it, points are basically gone. I was going to try to run for points. Uh, so we show up on Tuesday. And um, go and go out and qualify, and the way they do it now is totally different. You group qualifying and whatnot. We used to draw and just go for heat races and stuff like that. So now you actually go qualify, and I go out and make my laps. And they say I hadn't even been there an hour, and they say over the over the uh, race receiver, seventy six car to tech, and I'm like, oh, here we go again. Same tech people are still there from the days that yeah. I still am not a fan of, and uh, and I'm like, here we go. First day back in four years, straight to tech. And they're like, where's your transponder at? I'm like, and I think of Chris. I'm like, damn it, Chris, you didn't put the transponder on. We didn't get a, tw- we didn't get a time. We'll start last, whatever. And they were like, all right, you're good. Roll on. And I'm like, what the hell? And they were like, hey, come see us at the tech shed. I'm like, okay. They were like, uh, apparently the one we gave you was dead. And so they were like, I was like, so am I starting in the back or am I getting to requalify? What's the deal? I'm okay with starting in the back. I don't care. They were like, how fast can you get in your car and go out and requalify? And I'm like, five minutes. Shot out there, went straight to the top of the board. Yeah. Oh, I walked in that tech shed because now they, they redraw. You, you pull a, uh, a, uh, a, a bow biscuit because Bojangle sponsors it. And they have uh, <laughs> three through eight. And so, obviously, top eight were redrew that week. And so I walk in all top eight drivers at that time. And then I qualify on the pole, and there was a mom in there. Oh, no offense. We're glad you're here, but this just isn't right. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Yes. And I'm like, I, I said, lady, I said, I said, I said, yep. And I was like, I looked at all the other. I knew some of the younger guys because we run against each other. And I'm like, I ain't got time for this. So I, I walked out because she was just going off. Her son had qualified eighth. And when I went, re, when I went back out, Ooh. I bumped into ninth. So yeah. ninth on back gets to run a heat race. Ah. And at the end of the day, what I should have said, and I'm glad I didn't, your son qualified better, oh. we wouldn't be in this situation, okay? <laughs> That's just how I am. Hey. Yeah, so 
so but other than that everybody was pumped to be back for to have me back um we had some good hard racing um chris ferguson was the car to beat every week he would have two three second leads checked out and gone i'm i'm coming off turn two he's going into turn three caution would come out two or three to go bumpers are made for a reason but the first the first week back um or it may have been the second week he he's checked out caution comes out and i'm like all right I used to just go in there and run over people, and it's not that's not how you do it. You get on somebody, you lay on them, and you push them. That's how it was. So he got I got a really good restart, and I'm shoving him through the restart zone, and I'm like, I'm just going to lift or, or not lift a little bit later than you. Shove him out of the way and whatnot. Latiga, who works on uh, – Tim Latiga parks on Austin's car. So we're, we're obviously – we've known each other, parked next to each other, just – I'm going to kick your ass this summer in the shootout, just going at it. He comes in. That's all you got. Just run over us, knock us out of the way. And I'm like, Timmy, you talking about me? Because the third-place guy comes in and shoves us both out of the way. Rex us, destroys <laughs> us. And I was like, he's like, hell yeah, I'm talking about you. And I'm like, Timmy, you got four cameras on this car. Go back and watch. He texts me later that night. Yeah, 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 you were good. I shoved you. I'm like, I know. You didn't need to tell me. I didn't, I didn't knock you out of the way. I moved you out of the way. There's a big difference. Um, so there's just a lot of drama, a lot of excitement that comes yeah, out of Legend Car stuff. And, uh, yeah, we were week one, we were part of the drama. Pissing so, off moms. So um, <laughs> that, that's the worst. I mean, it's, you know. Soccer moms. It's like, come on. Yeah. Get out of the tech room. It ain't even the, the drivers you're worried <laughs> no, about. No, it's, it's the, the moms. Parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the kid was just like sitting there like, Mom, Mom stop. Gotcha. Yeah, just stop. <laughs> Nothing worse yeah. than your mom go yeah. fight your battles. Yeah, right? exactly. I just love that we're talking legends drama. It's, right. That's the and most drama even, in And not racing. even cup drama. Right. No. This guy's yeah, going yeah. like like at it with Kyle Busch and, and, and guys like that. We're, we're, we're talking about legends. Legend it's awesome. Car. It's yeah. Legend cars, cup racing. Wow. So uh, this year had been a real struggle throughout the season, but then you get to Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you've, you've had other runs mm -hmm. that were impressive besides that, but that one was in particularly a very uh, strong run for you guys. Yeah. And y'all talk, you talked about um, that car itself uh, was some new and improved mm -hmm. um, machinery. Yep. Um, but, man, I mean, I'm sitting there watching that race, and you'd worked your way into the top ten, and then you went into the top five, passed a couple guys. Mm -hmm. um, you got out, and you're like, hey, I guess I ain't forgot how to drive. Yeah. So how gratifying. I know that it sucks that you only get that moment every so often, mm -hmm. uh, but how gratifying is it to be able to go out there and prove to everybody, especially – um, to be able to compete against some of the teams you were competing against. No, it was on a grand stage like Indy. You know, I, I never lost doubt. Or actually, I, I take that back. You you start getting into ever since you know going to Roush. It was it was an ultimatum of do you want to stick around JGR and have a very limited number of races, if that, or go to Roush, who's a little bit who's in the struggle points right now, uh, and try to rebuild that program, full time ride. And so we went full-time ride. And, you know, it, it may have seemed like that, that had been the downfall of my career at the time. And I, I questioned that move, I wouldn't say every day, but very frequent. Like, what if we would have stayed at JGR? Mm. You know, they've never been on the downside in their Xfinity program, Cup program, anything. You know, maybe those four or five starts could have been four or five wins. Mm -hmm. And now I'm 0 for 72 in the Xfinity side, I think, something like that. I look at that stat a lot. I should know it. Um, but 
ever since then, you know, getting the opportunities that I've had, I don't know if I would have gotten the opportunity. Being lined up with Ford at the time, Eric getting hurt. I'm a Ford driver. Hey, I want a shot here jumping in the 43. If I would have stayed at JGR, it would just could have been five races this year, three or four the next year, maybe seven. You, you don't know. Right. So I don't regret making the move. Um, but being in the situation I'm in now and for a smaller team, you don't know how you're going to run. Kyle Busch can show up every week, and he's like, I can win every race if I want to. The 19 can do that. Any, any big team that shows up, they're like, yeah, we can have a good chance at running top five. Uh, I told Blaney, or people asked me, Blaney was pissed at me after the race at Indy because I, I basically chopped him. But I was like, dude, you're going to show up next week and run fifth. We show up to Vegas, and where do you finish? Fifth. We finish 23rd. I don't know what I'm going to have when we show up. You know, actually, I, I, I figured that we were going to talk about this topic, and I had thought about it. I needed some firepower um, to, to kind of answer this question. Mm-hmm. We go, there's some tracks we go to, Darlington, for example, and I show up to the car for practice, you know, not exactly on time, but saw a lot of people wait there to get rubber on the track and stuff. And But I felt like we were a little bit late getting on track, so I thought a lot of people had went out. And so I go through turns one, one and two with a new package, wide open now, super easy. And cars driving decent. And that track, Darlington's one of the tough tracks for me. And I'm like, man, we're not bad, I don't feel like. And my spotter's like, yeah, P17. And I'm like, that's, that's good for us. I'm like, okay. And I make a couple more laps. By the time I get back in the garage, P27. And I'm like, oh, God. Uh. And that's it. And it's like, oh, so we're not 17th. A bunch of cars hadn't gone out. Ten cars hadn't gone out yet. And so that's that's how it goes. So when we go out early, it's like, ah, I don't get my hopes up anymore, you know, when we run good. So we went to uh, Indy the next week and wide open everywhere but turn one, just a little bit. And I'm like, dude, this car feels stupid fast. And my spotter's like, I mean, you're P5 on the board. And I'm like, all right, P5 is a little bit different, P17. Right. And I get back in, P5 on the board, mm-hmm. P5 the next 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and – I think we ended up P5 or something like that. Uh, so I was like, all right, this car's pretty good. So we fire off in the next one, and we're P – I think we ended up – I think we were P7 or P10 at the time, and people did mock runs. So we were like P13 or so. Uh, we didn't do a mock run that time. And I'm like, all right. So we qualify. Uh, qualified pretty decent inside the top 15, I believe. And lap 13, pit road. We still don't know what happens, but we feel like a good idea what happens. Chase wasn't paying attention as I bailed off oh, yeah, in the pit that. and just runs me the hell over. Yeah. Um, no, NASCAR, I'm not blaming it on most popular driver, but it was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> but it was his fault. Um, and I was like, when you're sitting in the car, you don't know how much damage, especially when you get super hard and you're like, oh, our day's done. Bumper's probably pushed out like a parachute, destroyed. Great car. And that's like, that's our freaking luck. You know, we – um. We, we have these opportunities, and they're taken away from us just yeah. like that. And it's like, that's that's why I don't get my hopes up. I remember that. Uh, um, the, there was a lot of cars that got damaged. Yeah, it was like seven road. or eight. Yeah, yeah. a lot. And I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, man, all these guys with bo- bare bond and tape. Yeah. And that guy, he's done. He's done. Yeah, true X. I was like, good. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what happened. And then, and then I sit there for a second, and I see cars just going by, and I'm like, that's one, that's two, that's three. That's Holy cow, how big was this pileup? Yeah. And I look back because I was going to try to back up in my stall, and the nine was sitting perpendicular to me. And I'm like, geez. So I had to go out, and we started last in the, on that restart. And next thing you know, like you said, we started picking our way up through and got inside top five, top or top ten, top five. And and Clint was the best about it. Uh, we I seen him at Vegas. 
bad time to be around Clint in Vegas. Uh, he was like, I went up to Blaine and I told him, you stupid, you're an idiot for trying to pass Bubba. You knew he wasn't going to let you go by. Yeah. is exactly right. I'm going to do everything I can without wrecking, obviously, to hold you back there. It's what's called racing. Yeah. It's what you do. You hold, you defend your position. There's a very big misconception, perception, whatever you want to call it, of, of racing today, I feel like. And that's a sore subject with me. Um, but the only defense I had for aero purposes, our Dumbo mirror, the side mirror, was moved up to the top and way behind the driver's net. So I had no visual. Because usually my spotter says inside, I'm like, is he really inside? Right. We always second guess oh, with yeah. spotters. And it's like, I couldn't see anything. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to put my right front out here in the, in the crap and get super tight and hit the fence. So I'm like, I'm going to pick this line and run it. Mm. And you hear my spotter like, inside, inside, inside. Yeah. All right, he bobbled about back. You're clear. 24 is behind you now. I'm like, I may have chopped him a little bit. But we finished there, and it was an awesome day. So, my, all right, I got a question I've been wanting to ask okay. you. What did, what did Bowman do for you to be flipping him off on at the road? <laughs> that was never cleared up. Uh, what, was, what had you flipping him off? Lap one. Really? Lap, yeah. What, that mistake. But that was uh, two, three, four. That was strike five. What are the well, – Yeah. Yeah. So what were the say. other? What were the other issues? Um, One, two, three. You don't have to. I mean, no, no. We don't forget. Obviously, okay. race car drivers don't forget. This All is right. fine. Um, I actually had a talk with uh, Scott Miller and Jay Fabian, and they were like, "What? What went down?" I'm like, "Well, let's talk about it." Strike one was Martinsville earlier this year. I've never had a run in with Alex on on the track. Um, I've just we just there's a couple guys at the racetrack where it's just like a what's up, keep walking. Yeah. Bowman, Newman, Almarola. We just—I don't hate you. I just we got nothing to say. Sure, no, no disrespect. We race each other with respect on the track, except for Bowman. Martinsville earlier this year, uh, we restart around each other, get going. The top usually rolls on restarts. He's like, uh, Freddie says, clear in front of the eighty-eight, uh, coming off a two, get down in front of the eighty-eight, doosh, knocked up the racetrack, third groove. I'm like, damn, bud, I was clear. I didn't chop you at all. Wasn't one of those going into three, like, mm-hmm. clear yourself. Off a of two, clear. Runs me up the racetrack. And so um, I'm like, okay. And then down the front stretch there, I was trying to – this is where I cleared myself and about wrecked, and that was that was my fault there. But it was just like, dude, what's the point? Like, not even like a sh- – like, never lifted. I was his brakes. That was yeah. it. So, all right. So then we've had a couple more like small instances on the racetrack. Um, that did I didn't really count. It was just whatever. It's mm-hmm. just like okay, this is how we're going to race all year. So Richmond, a couple weeks ago, we had a really good car in the race. Um, we were really good on a long run, and I remember battling the thirty four and the twenty two for the lucky dog. And I'm I'm catching the twenty two, and the eighty eight's catching me. Boom! Right when he gets to me, knocks me off the racetrack, and I'm like. I know we got to go. I, I'm not sitting here trying to ride around and waste time getting around his 22, but can I get a chance to get by him? Knocks me up the racetrack. So what do I do? Hold him tight, get into three, runs me up, like gets loose on the inside of me, drove it in too hard, runs me up the racetrack, third roof. Now we're three wide with the leader. And I was like, that's it. 88's getting wrecked here if he ever gets around me. Our car was good enough. We spanked that tail. Never seen him again. So that was third, that was third strike. So, yeah, so you didn't wreck him. You, you, you're saying your car was good enough. I took the higher road. I didn't slow down, wait yeah. on him, and wreck. I just, just drove away from him because after that, never even heard of the eighty-eight again. Got it. Once I, because I at that moment drove up to the twenty-two, and it was like eighty-eight, not even in the picture anymore. It's like, give me a chance, but 
I, I, you might be faster, but the way of the racing is, it's like you catch somebody, you lose two or three tenths. You know, give me, give me one lap. Didn't even give me a corner. Runs me over. So then, uh, his run in with Austin, you know, the Silver Spoon comment. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I don't. That's that's. I'm not a part of that. Then he, what he says in the media center, at before or before the race at the Roval, talking about we don't see Austin at at these types of places. It's like you felt like that was a little bit of a dig. And then he wads his stuff up in practice. It's like, who's starting back there with us now? Who's starting back there with Austin? Starts right behind us. We go into the backstretch chicane, drives in. I see the 88 out of my – I'm like, I'm taking it easy here, just kind of cruising. I see the 88, three car lengths deep. Boom, runs into the three. Bam, runs into me. Shoves me through the chicane, gives us a penalty. Oh, that's it. I'm hot. I'm pissed. It's like, dude, it's lap one. Yeah. And you've already run over me. Three, four times now. And you made that comment about Austin. You run over him. It's like, dude, that's it. So when he gets back to me, Freddie's like, hey, man, 88's here. Don't waste no time, but don't make it easy. I can do that. I can make it really hard. I can try to be Ryan Newman. Sure. Try to make it. <laughs> try to be a kidney stone. <laughs> um, and that's what I did. And so I'd get a, like, all right, you're clear by two now. Boom, out the window. It's like, you deserve that. You run over us many times throughout this year. And then off of two – or I'm sorry, off of one, onto the big track, oval one. Um, I had checked up. I was like, all right, I'm done with this guy. Just go. And I lifted. I felt like for 10 seconds. And I'm like, damn, he spin out. Where'd he go? And I looked back, and he's just now coming up on the banking. And I'm like, well, damn. So I gave up I'd given up a lot of time. And then so I get back in the gas, and he shoves me through the chicane, shoves me through the chicane, mm-hmm. and then right rears me. Boom. And... Th- and I didn't really think about the right rear technique until after the race, but right rearing somebody on an oval track, that's grounds for taking gloves off and in the middle of a fight and getting your ass whooped, right? Am I wrong? No. Anytime I think you might dump show on purpose intentionally, on pur- it's yeah. time for – Exactly. If you would have spun me infield, like left, I think it had been a little different, whatever, lazy spin, right rear, driver's side on the wall. Boom. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm pissed. Yeah. So, we uh, <laughs> we had a restart where we're we're coming down. We're at the last car on pit road, and we're coming to the green. And they're like, "Hey, go up there and get behind the twenty two. It's like ten rows ahead of me. Forty three. Get up behind the twenty two. We're like, okay. <laughs> Puts me right next to eighty eight. Freddie Freddie is like eighty eight outside, 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 outside. Eighty eight is outside, and I'm like, nah, whatever. I doored him off of four. And I was like, whatever, we'll be fine. Drive away. Didn't hear the 88 anymore. And uh, this was even after the spin where I'm like, I'm going to go wreck this guy. And I was like, nah. And then it seemed like every other caution we were a part of, and I was just over that race, 100 laps to go. I was done. I was like, this is stupid. We're wrecking race cars and, and whatnot. We're just running over everything, destroying stuff, red flags. And I could not calm down after the race. And I, I had actually walked up there, and I got – 10 feet away and I seen him on the ground and I'm like oh dang nah I'm still walking up there I stopped for a split second I'm like I'm gonna walk up there was anybody with you my PR person she was like hey your golf cart's this way where are you going I'm like (laughs) like Courtney stop um I actually I had I looked over at my pit box I had something made me look over my my gas man Ian he's looking right at me and I give him the head nod like let's go so he drops everything he's doing. He walks over the wall because I didn't know Alex was on the ground at this time. And so I uh, walked up to him and 
That was it. Yeah. Water in the face. So, so my, I guess my power question, rate in the face. Yeah, it was my, not water. I guess my question my, is: <laughs> I so, I you know, I'm trying to think in my mind if I've ever been wrecked on purpose, like legitimately hooked on purpose. Uh, but I've been. I mean, I've had things in my career happen to me that I just can't forget Mm -hmm. and I can't get over and I can't, Mm -hmm. like nothing helps me. Time doesn't Mm -hmm. make it better and uh, God did did me wrong and and I'm still bothered by it today. Mm -hmm. Um, How will you work, how will you get beyond that? Like how, so like getting hooked like that intentionally, um, you can't just shove that aside or shelve it. No, no, but I think it's where I had messed up. We go back to Watkins Glen. We get dumped by the 18, and I said, the 18 just dumped me. And I didn't say another word on the radio and retaliated. Right. 88 dumped me. I said, wow. Um, I said, he must not have watched Watkins Glen. I said that over the radio. Uh, and then I was like, I just said too much right there. Yeah. They're kind of monitoring that. Yeah. And it's like, I shouldn't have said anything. And so I went back, and if, you, if we want to get even, the ball's still technically in my court because I'm 26th in points. My man's going for a championship. It's just kind of the same situation I was in with Chris Busher back at Roush when the Dover incident. I remember that. Yep. Door slammed each other. Could have finished second at worst, $100,000. Instead, we finished, I don't know, 15th lap down or something with 10 laps to go. And I could have wrecked him that year, and he wouldn't have won the championship. Chase, I, th- I think Chase was in it again. Uh, I think he would have won. And I didn't. And it's like there's something telling me, like, if you go and retaliate and end somebody's championship hopes. Yeah, that could be huge. It's Problems. big. And it's like, yeah, and, it, and it's like, yeah, it's like, it's almost like fixing a race, you know, right. the way I think of it. And it's like, man, it's not like that. But I will tell you, if the 88 touches me again on the racetrack, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, and we raced clean. Like he was, he was behind me. Freddie's like, yeah, he's just two or three back last week, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm running the car too hard. I'll get out of the way. Yeah, and it was fine. It was all good last or yesterday at Dover. So it's just like, just race clean, race with respect, and that's fine. I mean, I guess an important question then on how you, how you handle it moving forward is to address this question, and that is, do you have any regrets on anything that you've done up until now? Absolutely not. No regrets. I, I regretted, um, you know, if we go back to the Roval, obviously Jeff Gordon was standing there, uh, Dr. Angie and Jeff Andrews were standing there, or kneeling there, laying there with him, whatever you want to call it. And they were a part of the the spray massacre. <laughs> the spray. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I texted Jeff a couple hours later. Um, I was like, hey, man, sorry about that. He's like, I get it. You know, you had all the right to be mad, but obviously the timing of it was off. He was like, next time – Please make sure it's just water because it was a little sticky. Oh my uh, god, yeah. he would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was. But I said, I said, man, you just won the race too. That was pre-celebratory, you know, yeah. uh, Powerade spray, <laughs> and uh, and I didn't, I didn't know who the other Hendrick exec was at the time. Yeah. And he's I was, good, he's he, a good guy. He, does, he is. He doesn't care. And I was like, I was like, who is that? And then an the EMT. Jeff Andrews, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Dale said so, it. So, so yeah. I mean, like, did, did it occur to you? I mean, listen, when it happened. Because I I really like you and you know I mean I've just I've always had why do I feel like there's admiration. a big butt coming no 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 it there's not a, it's not that it's simply that because I'm such a fan of yours I did have a cringe moment when it happened because yeah. the optics of it was yeah, I just knew that that was going to be hard for you yeah that was it, was. it. 
I, I, I felt like that there was justified. I, I didn't know exactly what, but I mean, you're sitting here talking. I think it might even be more justified than I even realized, and that's certainly usually the case. Mm-hmm. But the optics of it. And so what what did you regret that? I felt like that once you saw, like, you know, uh, you, you kind of cooled mm-hmm. off and everything, that the paramedics being there and everything yep. would probably make you regret that you handled it that way. As soon as I walked away and got back in the bus, I take a shower after every race. I looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, you shouldn't have done that. And I regretted it. And I deleted Twitter, Instagram, all social media. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I was off social media until uh, Saturday night. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was off there. We did one, uh, I think we did one appearance post, but that was Kyle posting for me. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a great, great smart move. Yeah. It and it, it was tough. Like I, some of the messages, we ran out of time. Sure. Sorry. Uh, no, we're not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some of the messages, I was like, you know what? Some were like towards my mother and stuff like that. Oh, I'm Lord. like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. The worst of the worst on Twitter. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, I said it on this show last week, and I, I'm not saying it just because you're sitting here, but I didn't. When it happened and I saw it, I thought I thought zero about it. It's a racer. Not a thing. It's a he racer. didn't think a thing I of was it. like, eh, that's funny. You know, if yeah. anything, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody goes, man, that sucked. He did that, and that girl got wet. And then I went, yeah, okay, I can see that point. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, in the moment, I'm like, yeah, that's nothing. I mean, he, yeah. he's, he's all spare. How's fair, you know, in right being intentionally wrecked, right reared versus <laughs> yeah. power rate of the face. I was like, uh, right, right, right. I right, right. still right, didn't right. get even yet, but I did because of the spotlight that it was in at that time. Yeah. So, apologize to Dr. Angie. She was super cool about it. I sure met with her was. before the race yeah. uh, yesterday, and she was like, "Let's go talk in a private room." I'm like, "Okay." I don't know if she's gonna be mad or whatnot. Yeah. She was like, hey, "Look, you're." She was she was really like honest and you know very. She just said, "You're on a pedestal, man." Yeah. And that's just tough, and I feel sorry for you. Like, it's one of those deals, and I'm like, you know, you're exactly right. So. Yeah, I cool. think it would be only surprising if it was a driver that was typically very low and even keel. And but you know, knowing you and knowing how emotional <laughs> he is, and you're like, I expect Bubba to say something, do something, yeah. react. And and, and, you, and the fear is that things like this. I guess I think this probably played into it again. Is that I don't want Bubba to change. Right? Yeah. It would be hypocrisy for yeah. us to get mad at you. For how you handled it, but then still want to see transparency from drivers, right. and still want to see emotion after race, and still want to see that it matters. Yeah, and it still matters to you. And you know what? Hearing you talk about the ups and downs, I mean, you you're, you're, you remember lap times of practices mm-hmm. and qualifying laps because every lap matters more mm-hmm. to you. Hungry dogs, man, mm-hmm. they fight harder, absolutely, and it means more. And so I don't want you to change. And and when you went silent on social media, it, it did. Did worry you feel that? Bit. It did. I was proud of you, Bubba. I was proud of you because I, you know, because we can really make fools of ourselves on social Absolutely. media. Like if we think that we can make people will give you uh, a mulligan because after a race, none of you guys are thinking clearly. No, we privy to a lot of context that you have no idea, right? Yep. And that's part of the entertainment value. But on social media, you can really look like an idiot, right? Yep. And and that's where people in their worst. Yeah. I feel like are on Twitter, uh, and that's where you see it. And so I thought that was a good move, but I, I didn't want I didn't want it to be a long time. <laughs> well, I came back this morning and, and uh, had a buddy of mine out at the Roval took some really awesome shots. And um, if you go on my Instagram, it says "Have a Coke and a Smile." Some of you need it, yeah. so I'm back. <laughs> so I got I'm one back. final question for you: What's Were up? you just slightly a little jealous when you saw that PUBG Mobile paint Dude, out on the yes, I meant to text you. <laughs> that was awesome. So I'm sitting there in the bus. I was like, I said.
does that say PUBG? Yeah. And it come by again. I'm like, yes, PUBG. I'm still waiting to play around with Dale. He's yeah. he's texting me, hey man, I'm, I'm on so PUBG. Bad. Let's play. It doesn't matter. All I was right. I got home last night and I jumped on for two hours. I didn't go to bed till one yeah. playing PUBG. When's the last time you played out racing? I, I jumped s- on for the Roval. I, I get so bored with that. I got a sim rig coming today. You get oh, bored. you told me about that. You, you get, told me about you that. Just get, why do you get bored? I mean, what, 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 it's just, it's just it, not the same. It, huh? it, it's just not the same. Ran dirt. I have, and I, I was on that for like three months. Yeah. Like right when it came out, I'm like, oh, this is badass. I can, I'm going to run Chili Bowl. Yeah, I'm bored now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm all, uh, we'll get on to PUBG Mobile. No, not mobile. mobile. No. All right, all right. I want you to at least try it. I, I tried it, and I, oh. I'll i give it another try. All right. Well, let me know when you want to play. On iPad. Okay. Do you have a pro? No, I'm, no, man. <laughs> all these stipulations. No, no, okay, no. try it on the iPad Pro. They're making me spend money. I know. I wouldn't cross Bubba. I'm just saying. I, we've detected a theme here. Crossy, man. I don't know. Even PUBG. <laughs> the only thing in, he in, get in, yeah. in, on the PC, <laughs> I hate how you have to have to tell it to pick everything up. Like, just give me what's better on the ground. So that's, yes, the, the, like, looting, the looting system. The looting system is yes, tough. Like, yeah. in, in mobile, you walk across something, and if it's a better gun or it's a better it optic picks everything or whatever, it picks it up and puts it on your gun. Yeah. It does it automatically. And you just run around grabbing stuff without ever doing anything. Yeah. And then you're ready to, you know, shoot somebody. Yeah. It's <laughs> and it's tough. It's a very in tough PC, game. In the PC, man, you've got to, you've got to be using all them fingers. All of them. Well, it's tough. Uh, man, I, I've lost anymore. touch with it, and I'm pissed because I used to be pretty good. Yeah. But uh, I did all right. I did a five What are you playing now? Uh, PUBG. Dying Light. You ever played Dying Light? I've heard of it. So it's like a... Yeah, you a, were into that a while back. Yes, me and Blaney played in three days and scared. We were in our apartment. So this was 2013, 2014. Yeah. Yelling, <laughs> screaming, just so scared. It's about zombies and stuff. But the new one comes out in the spring oh, of next year. So I fired up on PC to get back. Because it's like parkour in zombie time. So you're <laughs> yeah. like escaping and stuff. It's really fun. Crazy. Yeah. And you can do co-op campaigns. So yeah. Hmm. Have you tried VR? I have not. On iRacing, yeah. I have not. Yeah. I would wait. Needs a few iron more out the kinks. Yeah. Needs a few more years. I did. Uh, I went to the um, Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. I saw that. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. We didn't get to jump. I was going to jump out of a plane for the first time. It was too windy. But we did. Uh, they have gliders. Mm-hmm. So there's a it's a plane being towed by a tow plane. Right. Unhook in the middle of the air, and you glide it back down. And they were going to put me on one of those. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> I don't know about that. But we got to do the VR of that. Yeah. And I've done a lot of VR stuff where it's like, obviously, okay, I'm wearing a VR headset. But I did the glider, and I'm like, went down with joystick, and I'm like, whoa! I'm you like moving the in the station. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, all right, now I need to try iRacing and see if it's real. It's pretty good. But yeah. I, I would try it on someone else's rig. Go to, I don't, know, I don't know who has one. Harrison Burton has one, I think, in yeah. VR. So you don't have VR? I did, but I sold all my VR. I'm uh, going to wait another few years. It yeah. needs to get better. Gotcha. Drawing distance isn't good enough. It's mm. blurry at drawing distance. Like, if you well, come off turn two, yeah. all the stuff in three, three, turn three is a little blurry. The one thing I don't like about iRacing... It's a great program. Yeah. It's a great video game. I'm going to say video game. There we go. I'm, I'm backing out of I this. I love one. it. I love it. I don't it. want Steve Myers mad at me. <laughs> um, is you, like I, I used to do uh, stream a lot, and I hate that that didn't take off. But I'd sit there and be racing. They're like, hey, man, move your field of view all the way up to the dash. I'm right. like, what? They're like, yeah, it's like three tenths better. If you just move your field of view forward. So you're basically, if you're thinking about it in real life, you're sitting on top of the dash right. driving. And it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, this is real life. <laughs> this is real life. Yeah, that's going to, okay, let's move your seat up in the car and see if you pick up three tenths. Yeah. No. <laughs> he ain't buying it. Yet. No. And then, they, right. and then they run the top at Richmond, coming to the green, like run against the wall. Yeah. And it's like, okay, go try that in real life. Yeah. So. All yeah. right. Hey. Yep, yep. I'm opinionated about that. 
There you go. Keep your opinionated, man. Your, your opinionated side. It's, it's, oh, uh, of course. It's, it's awesome. You gotta, I will. You gotta have it. I will. All hey, right, man. What an awesome good time. Well, I appreciate you coming out today. Absolutely. Great interview. Absolutely. Thank um, you. Good luck the rest of the season. Have appreciate fun. It. I'll try. And uh, let's get on that PUBG mobile. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. All right. Keep doing that mobile. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Raggedy old sweatpants. They're great to wear around the house, but you don't want to be seen walking around in public <laughs> in old raggedy sweatpants out at the bar or shopping. <laughs> bar. People wear raggedy sweatpants at the bar. That is that's some serious game right there. Well, I mean, when's the last time you've been? <laughs> to the they bar? Might, where, yeah. No, to, yeah. to the bar, period. To the bar? Good point. Good right? point. So they <laughs> yeah, might yeah. be a lot of yeah. folks. There's a lot of change maybe since Walking around in sweatpants maybe. that need a little help. That's right. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. They're comfortable. We know that. But it's hard to be taken seriously out in public wearing sweatpants. <laughs> That's just, I mean, it. you do it, but it's hard to be taken seriously. Now there's a pair of sweatpants that you can wear outside the house. Public Rec is the brand, and, man, they're awesome. I'm wearing them right now. Public Rec. That's easy to say, you know. Just think about crashing, public wreck. <laughs> yeah, so we got to yeah. specify. It's not W R E C K. It's R E C. Public wreck sweats are comfy enough to lounge in and stylish enough that you won't get looked at funny when you're out and about. Indoor comfort meets outdoor style. All right. Check this out. They're the first sweats that have waist and inseam sizing. So, like, you know, you tell them. I wear 33, and oh, uh, you know, and, and I'm 33 length. So very simple. Um, but it doesn't matter if you're short or tall or small. They are built uh, to fit you perfectly. The fact that it has a uh, what's that? Faux. Uh, what the hell is that? <laughs> okay, so the fake. The, the front fly is fake. All right, but it's. I don't want you to be looking at my fly, Mike, yeah, so I'm wouldn't. not going to stand up and show it to you. But thanks for telling me ahead of time. But it has, like, it appears to be like a pair, like, it would appear just like a pair of slacks or a pair of jeans. Oh, I see what you're but saying. But it's fake. I got you. Right? I got you. Um, it has deep front zipper pockets, and it gives it a formal look. I really do like it. I put them on this morning. I, Amy looked at them. She's like, they pass. You oh. Can wear those out. That's a bit, that's She's a the harshest critic for me. Wearing them for the ad read is pretty impressive. Thank that's, you. that's commitment. <clears throat> yep. So uh, I got on some navy blue ones, or uh, yeah, and, and they have nine color choices. Oh, I didn't okay. know that. All so right. I wonder, what if they got an orange? Uh, Ooh, I know my you'll, favorite color. We'll be getting some of them. They're called all day, every day for a reason. Public rec sweats are perfect for about any dress code I throw at them. All right. Prove me wrong. Change my mind. Ain't that what everybody does now? Well, that's what one person does, but public, that changed my mind. Public yeah. rec sweats are perfect for right. every day, anywhere you want to go. Change my mind. Change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, prom. You can wear them. Yes. Wear them. Wear them. I bet. Got a zipper. I bet, uh, paired with the uh, other proper accessories, you could totally wear those to prom without anybody ever looking at you and going, <laughs> yeah. are those sweatpants? <laughs> right now, you can get an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Go to publicrec.com slash Jr. today and get 10% off your first pair of their all-day, everyday pants automatically applied at checkout. And always with free U.S. shipping and free returns. So if you don't like them, send them back. Oh, man. I mean, it's free. They're basically letting you have the pants for yeah, free. Nothing to lose. Once you like them, you got to give them a little money. But, hey, I like them. I'm wearing them right now. They're very comfortable, very stretchy. Cool. And uh, 
yeah they don't look like sweatpants they really don't don't sleep on this rare opportunity to get a discount that's public rec rec spelled r-e-c dot com slash dale jr d-a-l-e-j-r for 10 percent off public rec yeah new kind of baller if you went to the prom and sweats <laughs> well you don't tell him <laughs> You can't give it away. See, you would do that, Matt. You'd wear these <laughs> thinking, I could pull this off and walk in there and go, hey, man, I'm wearing sweats. <laughs> yeah, I pulled it off. <laughs> it's a clean sweep of the night for Josh Berry from the pole to lead every lap. Never broke a sweat. Josh Berry wins it tonight in the Valley Star Credit Union 300. Here he comes. The big winner. The winner. Woo. King of the clock. King of the clock. That's my new name for him. I don't know if that's a good one. You yeah, that's what I'm calling it. Do you like that nickname that Mike's trying to give you? No. no. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> what, what, am I, what, what, what am I going to call you? What he, do you want me to call well, you? I mean, if he made, Josh. If he made <laughs> the best clock in the world, then you could call him King of the Clock. I do. This he won, he won Martinsville. I, I, I'm listen. I am so happy for him. I don't want to come off this happiness, and that's okay. that's giving me happiness. That's part of it. Hokey, hokey it's nicknames. Hard. That's okay. <laughs> let me just let, let me just deal with my hokiness then. All right. So Josh Berry is here. Josh Berry has won the biggest late model stock race of the year. Woo! Man, and I'm gonna take. So I tried to go run that race when I was younger, and I embarrassed myself. <laughs> a couple times I didn't even make it into the race. 80 cars, 69 or something showed up for this particular event. 80 cars, 80 some cars showed up for the test. They get some of them get so demoralized at the test they don't even come back for the race, Mike. It is a tough, tough event. Top 20 make it on time, then the rest of the field is filled out in heat races, consolation races. It's expensive. It's tough, but these teams and these family teams, these family run teams and these small, small teams spend the entire year planning to get to get to this event it is by far the most prestigious late mile stock race of the year has been for i can't i can't even remember how long and i didn't think that you know we would ever win it we've been going for years uh and i it's just last year we led every single lap uh where we led most, most of them, laps most of them yeah and then got wrecked at the end it's okay I, you know, when it was, I was, it's frustrating and, and sucks, but I just, it, you just know that can happen. So we were sitting there in the same situation this year, and I'm thinking, I'm not, I almost, I, I got up from watching on the iPad. I'm sitting there watching on my iPad, streaming it on Fan Choice TV, free. And uh, I had to get up when the, late, when the last call should come out. And I thought, I walked into the bathroom and thought I'd just sit there <laughs> and just what? think. I couldn't watch. I got gotcha. you. I was so <laughs> – I just couldn't watch. And I was just going to hope that I would str- I would look on Twitter and see that we had won. And, uh, but I decided against that. <laughs> the cautions were so long. I had plenty of time to think about it. Yeah. But um, – <laughs> You can only be in the bathroom for so long. L- really, I don't know how to categorize this um, without – because I don't want to take it away from anything we've ever done in the Xfinity level – but honestly, I have such a passion for our late model program. It's where I came from. It's the it's it's the most fun I remember having as a driver and a kid and a younger you know my younger self. Uh, those are just some great times going and racing with your friends. And this is the biggest race you could win. And it there won't be another race like it. And so we, Josh, 
has taken the car and worked his guts out for how many years now? Eight years? Nine. Nine years? Nine, yeah. And won that race. <coughs> Went and won that race this year. Um, it dominated. Yeah, dominated. So we paid I mean, $5,000 $5, for yeah. the pole. You had a f two 75-lap segments that paid $1,000 to lead. You got $25 a lap that you led. And the per the purse for the race overall for the winner was 20-something? 32. 32. So in all, you were handed, and I have the picture of it, a check that says $44,000 on it. And the clock. And the clock. That's a good weekend. You're still not, it's still I, not I, sunk I, in. No, it still hasn't. It's like everything you said. Um, man. Like last year, you know, it was well documented what happened at the end, kind of. And, and I went home and worked on stuff myself and watched the race and just tried to be better. And every year we went there, we just never really had speed until last year. Yeah. Like not the – you know, we were decent, but we were good enough to win. Top 10, if, top five. If, yeah, if situations happened, but we didn't have the speed. Well, last year we got that. We fixed – you know, we, we got there. We were in contention. And – Let's talk we, about what happened last year to give really, really weight to what. Well, happened. my side of the story is, <laughs> <laughs> we were leading, and they still didn't even change this. But on the re there's a restart line. In my opinion, second place jumped the restart, beat me to the line. Absolutely, caution come out in turn one. They re they swapped us, so they gave him the lead, which I think is still, and they still oh, did boy. this Saturday night. I think it's ridiculous, but I mean, it's whatever. It's what they do. I don't know why it's like that, but. Then on the very next restart, we go into one, and, you know, I was on the outside. I got – I mean, I got a better restart because I was like – I mean, he just jumped it basically. I put, did the same thing. He, I beat him to the line. Peyton Sellers was inside of me. We went into one, and I turned, and he didn't. And he hit me in the left rear, spun out. You know, I mean, I, I maybe could have given him more room. You know, I never really could find a really good replay of it and just spun rounds, and that was it. That, that was, was a race. That was, with, that was with, what, two to go, yeah. three to go? Mm-hmm. And so, and so where Dale Jr. said that he was like, eh, you know, look, I, we, we were there. They knew we were there. But, you know, trying to uh, compartmentalize the disappointment, how, how devastated were you? Um, not as devastated as you would think. Or okay. Because I think, and he made, when I talked to him about it, he made a really good point to me. And, he, and I think it might have been on this podcast when we were you were talking about it. You said that I'm so hands-on with it that a lot of times, in my sake, the performance outweighs the finish. And mm. – and when he said that, it kind of clicked. And, it, you know, and really a lot of the times, especially this year, we've had some stuff happen. But I'm never too, you know, excited or never too upset. You know, I'm kind of yeah. right in the middle. Like, if, our, if we keep working hard and our cars are fast, like, things, good things are going to happen. I mean, sometimes you break. Sometimes you get spun or whatever. But to me, knowing that <clears throat> we, even in, in any race, not just Martinsville, I mean, if we dominate the race and have the best car and somebody takes me out at the end, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pissed. But. I mean, at the same time, it's not like our cars are slow. It I mean, that that's, makes me really mad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, and when you look at when you look at back through the history of that series and those cars and the drivers that have been in in that Winston Racing Series sort of circle, um, running all over the short tracks of the country, you don't really remember the statistics as much as you just remember who dominated, mm. right? Man, you used to run the beach. Robert Powell couldn't be beat down there. So good, mm. so fast for so many years. Or, or Barry Beggarly. Um, there's guys in every sort of corner of the country in any pick a decade, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and you just want to be one of those guys. And nobody's ever going to remember how many track championships you won or how many clocks you won. 
they're going to know that, man, when I – when oh, remember Josh? Oh, man, that guy. Hard so fast. Yeah. God, I don't even remember how many races he won. Fast, fast, fast. Cars tour, you had to beat Josh. And that's what you want people to remember. That's your legacy. You know, that that's right. And so um, I can't say enough about Josh and what he's been able to do. What do you got, like 50-some races now that you've yeah. won? Yeah, I think we're probably – 55, 56, yeah. somewhere now. It's hard to do because how many do we run a year? Uh, probably 15 to 18 <laughs> is what I end up running. Yeah. Right. Amazing. I mean, we, I, ran tw- I, I could count on running 22 events at the least in the mid-90s when I ran late mile stocks, and that was all at the beach, and then we had a couple other races we'd go to. Um, we'd run Friday nights at I-95. So maybe I'd run up- upwards in the 30s, but, man, Josh is running 18 times a year on our budget. You know, we would run more. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if we could, but we don't. And um, so, for him to have logged that many victories, um, just an incredible career. Twenty nine years old, um, and has just now finally won. I think the pinnacle, the 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 top prize. What else is out there? I know you're not even. I know this one hasn't even registered yet. What is? What is? What are your goals? Uh, I mean, Saturday night, before Saturday night, I would have definitely said win Martinsville, but I don't know, man. I just feel, I really, I feel like that was one of the last things really for what we do and how we do this program, you know, um, how many times we race and where we race and all that. I mean, that was the last thing really big that we needed to check off. So now we go try to get a second one, I guess. Right. <laughs> Can you take us through the weekend and, and just lead us through, like, you know, you're talking about all these things you were racking up. I mean, did you go into the weekend feeling like, you got a better chance. You seem like you had put last year behind you. That's awesome. Now we know that you're coming in here. You knew you had a fast car win. Well, we tested last week. I and I talked. Okay. I know I spoke with Dale. I mean, we had a really good test. And I don't. I don't know, man. It's it's weird. I got a funny story about this too. But me and, uh, <laughs> so <clears throat> me and my wife are riding to the riding to the track Friday or whatever. And I'm like, I told her, I'm like, I think I'm gonna win this race. Like, I think this is gonna be the year. And she's like shut up, we always get wrecked, don't say that, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's like all superstitious, yeah, she's like, don't say that, you know, whenever we think that, something happens, you know. So she's like, it's kind of an inside joke between the two of us, but she wants a Tahoe one day, right? That She's like, I want a Tahoe. And uh, she's like, she's like, uh, if we win Martinsville, I'm getting a Tahoe. And I'm like, okay, no. <laughs> I'm like, we can't, we can't do that. I'm like, but I'll make a deal with you. I swear, this was on the way that I said, I'll make a deal with you. If we set on the pole, lead every lap, and win the race, then we get Tahoe. And she's like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen. And damn, so we win the race. Oh, my goodness. And I'm, here she comes, and she's all, you know, she's all happy or whatever. We're like, this is, this is after we cleared tech and anything, because she didn't, she didn't say nothing really until after that. We cleared tech. We're, like, loading the car. She comes up and she's like, "You remember what you said?" And I'm like, <laughs> "No, no. What, what are you What are you going here?" And she's like, "You said if you win the pole and lead every lap, we get a Tahoe." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, <laughs> hold on." <laughs> but uh, but t- <clears throat> just back to your question, uh, I don't know. I just I had such a good feeling about it. Like I guess after last year's deal, because Martinsville's such a lottery. Like it was a big time lottery last year at the end of that race. You know, I kind of always said like, even if we won and weren't the best car. Like, the fact that last year, you know, we were on the other side of it is going to be, I'm going to be ter- perfectly fine taking whatever, however we get it, you know, because we've been there and been on the other side of it. But I could have never dreamed of how how good we were and dominant. And, I mean, everything just 
it was just like I said, it was just it was just unbelievable. I mean, I could have never dreamed that we would have dominated that race. I mean, that race is so competitive, and everybody brings their best stuff there. Everybody's yeah. got their best motor, their best chassis, their best parts pieces. I mean, some people go and you know spend insane amount of money on tires and stuff just to, and and to go there and be that good with everybody there is just. I mean, it's just unheard of. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, I I think for me for this that race, like what we did Saturday night is going to be talked about forever. Everybody's oh, yeah. going to be every year from now on. They're going to be like, "Do you remember that time that Josh Berry that's kicked the their ass standard. all night?" Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I, I mean, people are coming up to me and we're like, "That's never happened here." I mean, right. that's nobody's ever dominant. You know, yeah. the people are going back into like I was reading some comments on the internet and like going back into the nineties and saying. You know, such and such, I think he led this and this, this, but there was nothing compared to what we did Saturday night. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Name the guys that are helping you. Brian, Schaefer, Stephen, uh, Siva, Therese, they work at our <laughs> shop. <laughs> They're both great. And then... Uh, Where's your shop? It's LW's shop over the, by the drag strip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Ryan, Matt, Ernie, Justin, who Justin works in the paint shop over here. He's been with me for a long time. And, man... Um, you're gonna make me forget somebody, and I'm, I'm well, gonna hear. That. I just wanted them to be able to hear their names and yeah. know that they're appreciated. No, yeah, I mean a lot of those guys. I think one of the biggest things I pride pride myself on is that uh, we've had the same group for a long time. I guess, and you know, I, I get I have to give myself some credit on that. I guess I do a good job of you know treating them right, and, not running them off, yeah, not yeah. running. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's people have come and go, but nobody's yeah. you know, it's not people didn't quit because they you know they just quit because they just want to do something else with their Saturdays. You sure. know, I mean that. So to have that group, I mean, it's just, like, unbelievable. Like, um, Jordan, that, you know, he just uh, moved on to Penske from Jordan here. Erickson, Jordan yep. Erickson. Jordan come, Erickson, he, come, he was at the race right now. He come yeah. over yesterday and helped me put the clock in the house and set it up and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, – Of course he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's perfect for jobs well, like what that. Is it, and so what does it look like, right? Where is, where is the clock? It is in the corner, corner of our living room, like uh, – kind of right next to the TV, right in the middle. Right, where you can see it yeah. all, every yeah. day. Just yeah. see it. Is it as awesome – being a grandfather clock owner is I've always heard it is is it just I mean it's pretty sweet I mean I when you think about just racing in general and trophies and stuff like that one just always sticks out to me I know it did for you oh, I yeah. met we raced some hell after you won we did <laughs> <laughs> That's after you won, that that is by far my the most excited and most fun I've ever seen I mean watching you win that race I felt like I won it <laughs> yeah. you oh, yeah. know I mean because that, that and then like I said we raced a lot of hell afterwards but <laughs> Man, that that trophy—it's like it's a special. It's, it's polarizing. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just—it's just something. It's different. You know, I mean, if you win the Indy Five Hundred or Daytona Five Hundred, I mean, you see the trophies in Martinsville, you get that clock. I mean, I like text him. Real. He's down there, and I'm like, "Hey, tell me how tech's going." I wasn't gonna tweet or do anything on Twitter till we cleared tech because I didn't want to jinx us. I'm very superstitious, and so um, he's like, "Yeah, everything's going good. All right," and I said, "Tell Clay." uh campbell that i won't won't uh du- duplicate fit. yeah <laughs> clock and uh, i don't know why that hard that's hard to say but um i want i want the clock and and uh so he's like all right i told him and then i uh got up the next morning and i text clay and i said hey i want a duplicate clock and he's like um i'm on it man josh told me i'm getting it no problem so, so you're getting a clock hell too. yeah we're gonna bring it and put it here in the studio oh Oh my goodness! Yeah. Are you kidding? We're gonna have a clock in here. Duplicate. We're gonna put it yeah. right back Duplicate. in that corner. Duplicate. Yeah. All oh, because um, of your victory, ooh. buddy. Oh, yeah, he, he takes me that, and it was funny. Out he he was just over there because I guess he come up down whenever they were like 
all clear for tech or whatever, he come down and, you know, talked to all the guys. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, I got two things. I said, first, thank you. Second off, Dale wants a clock. He's like, I'm on it first thing Monday morning. <laughs> I can't freaking I'm, wait, man. Oh, I can't either. I don't I'm know how so hard the first one was to get. Can, can I just say, and I want to ask you this, um, because I'm – I was part of a text thread between Dale Jr., LW, yourself, and it was about a month or so ago when Dale Jr. got Bubba Pollard to run our second car, the Junior Motorsports second late model car. And I remember Dale saying um, to you, you know, this is going to be a good thing to bring to the late model, you know, get awareness for the late model, this is a good thing, and so we're going to do a, a video, Matthew's going to do this video and announcing Bubba Pollard, because Bubba is arguably you know, one of the hottest drivers in the land right now in late models. And so he's a name. I mean, we know Bubba Pollard. And because you always do this, you are so classy about it. And I, drivers are territorial. Drivers are insecure sometimes. You know, when somebody else comes into your stable and, you know, you don't – it messes up the dynamics a little bit. I remember you having to deal with this when, like, Mark Martin shows up in the Hendrick uh, car and starts, you know, doing well. I mean, it's it's there. It's it's a, a pervasive thing. You go out and just annihilate people <laughs> in that weekend. It is the ultimate mic drop response. The most classy, dominating response to that. And and I just I, I'm so proud of you for that. But also want to know. When Bubba Pollard was announced to come on board and run the second car, what was your feelings? I was I was honestly 110% completely for it. We had talked about it before amongst ourselves, and I was the one that called him the first time and talked to him. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of his. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I completely was totally for it. There was a lot of people that I, we could have had that I wouldn't have been as for. But for that and for what we were trying to do, and, and a lot of it, I mean, it just goes to our group. I mean, it was just a great – it was a great situation for us in our program to bring some attention to it, but it was a great morale boost for all of us. I mean, having two going there, having all those guys having two of you know two of the best short track racers you know in the country in your cars. I mean, it was a he, they were, everybody was so excited and uh, it was awesome. He was great. He was he he was great to deal with. And you know, after the race, I talked to him and I went up to him and he's like, "Man, y'all, that was an ass kicking." You know, I'm like, "Yeah," and I, and, and I was like. <laughs> You know, I'm like, I can tell that you're disappointed because you're like me. If I, if I, you know, even though I would have been happy to finish fifth, I can still tell you're disappointed. I said, but in, if you look at it this way, I've come here eight years and only finished once, mm. only finished the race once. Mm. Wow. And I've been here eight years and then that, that finish was 14th or something, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. Right. I mean, I'm like, so you, that's pretty good. I mean, this place <sighs> is tough, you know, I mean. I would, if I had a fifth on my resume, I'd be pretty damn proud of it. Yeah. Um, you know, you you texted me uh, and said that uh, Bubba might be interested in doing some things, uh, additional runs with us in the future. I'm excited about that. I'm glad you are, and I think it'd be fun for our program to continue that relationship. So we'll see how that goes. Man, I, I hate the end of the conversation. I know. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll just just sit here at this table and just look at each other oddly, <laughs> basking just in this feel, win. Feel but the pride. It, it, in all seriousness, just congratulations, dude, and thank you. Thank you for being – you're such a company, man. I mean, God, you've you, you represented the late model program. You yeah. represent our company so well. You do anything anybody ever asks of you, and then you go out there and you lay the wood. You deserve this more than anybody else you know you deserved it this your day was coming and you got your day dude i can't be more happier for you i'm just so happy um like i said it was it was unbelievable like you said it really still hasn't sank in you know i'm just 
just so I don't know. It's, it's a weird feeling, man. It's like when you have something because ever since I started driving for Dale and running late miles, I mean, every everybody Martinsville, Martinsville, Martinsville. I mean, even yeah. the first year that we went, I with Richard Boswell drove. I mean, I remember. I mean, there were every, this Martinsville motor brakes, all this like doing all this stuff for Martinsville because it was so important, and you know. And then I went there and experienced it with helping when Boswell drove, and I'm like, wow. And then like every year, you know, we've had successful seasons, we've won a lot of races, but, but, yeah. Well, now every year we've always it's always been but what you know what happens at Martinsville or what you know, but so it's a definitely a weird feeling being here now and I'm checking that off. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, it's, a, it's like I said, it's, it's going to take some time for me to process what happened. And, yep. but, um, you're going into a race, uh, to finish off the cars tour series, uh, the final race of the year. You've had some wins this year, but also some failures and breaks and crashes guys getting into you and so forth. And it's been a up and down year. We've had, a, you've had a, we've had a lot of conversations and a lot, and you've had a, you've had to really deal with some frustrations. Um, but you go into that race with a small chance of being able to win the championship, which is going to be fun. Um, but you also have a big race at Myrtle Beach at the end of the mm-hmm. year, one of my favorites that I used to I – re, I remember running uh, when I ran at Myrtle Beach every year. I've, all, I've been trying to push him to go down to Myrtle Beach for a season and try to win the track championship oh. for me because yeah. I could never win one. Yeah. I mean, but, I think honestly that is, that's something that has crossed my mind especially around this time of year, you know, is, is going like to place like that and running and, and the, you know, the problem is just trying to figure out how to make it work. Cause it's sure. so demanding. But I mean, I think if you went to to race at Myrtle beach and Hickory for a season like that and filled out, I mean, I think you could contend for a national championship, you, could. you know? Yeah. Um, you'd have to run just, both. I think, I mean, I think we'd have to race every single weekend Jeez. from the start, you know, and it was just, it's just so de- demanding financially. And, oh, yeah. but I mean, really that would be the, only thing I think it, that would be two good places, you know, for us, us if we wanted to go do that where we could do it. But like I said, it's just so demanding on everybody. It's on on your cars, your equipment, your people. I mean, it's just hard to. Well, couldn't imagine. At the same time, I like doing what for, we're doing. Yeah. You know, I couldn't imagine bat- battling and winning a na- national title. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, the cars tour though has been great to us. Mm-hmm. We love running there. They have a great uh, organization, and they run they run a smart program. They have a lot of you know good car count. Every year, they have good good shows, entertaining shows. Even though we end up on the bad end of it, sometimes it's still they're entertaining, and uh, and they stream, uh, so you can you know you can watch if you want, uh, which I think is important for our partners and sponsors. Um, so it's we, important for you too. Yeah, I mean that, that's I mean for you to be able to. I, I mean, think it. of how many years that you ran. You know, obviously a lot of them you were racing. When y'all ran at Moto Mile. I never got to see them. But race. yeah, you never right. got to never. watch our cars race no. until. Really, that I couldn't tell. I, mean, I, we, I mean, he ran for me for four years or so, and I didn't, really didn't know much about him as a driver, mm-hmm. right? Watching him turn and, and his entry to the corner and all the things he's going to do in certain situations and judgment calls and things he's going to have to make. And so uh, I love being able to watch. So that, that is pretty – That's <laughs> that a big is deal. It nice. is, it's, it's a big deal. And that fan, between that and that fan's choice where they step that up, and yeah. they've done, done a lot. I mean, you can walk, I mean, they got all kinds of racing on it. A lot of our races are on it now, and then yeah. all the K&N races, stuff like that, Modifieds. I mean, yeah. there's a lot, K- lot out there. K-N's I mean, that's a good – a lot of yeah, I mean, that's a good deal. And whenever we look at, you know, sit down and look at things, I mean, that's a big deal to us being able to 
have it yeah. on. I mean, because it's good. It's good for me. I mean, it's good for my family. It's good for you to be able to watch and Kelly LW and everybody that wants to watch. And you know, it is. It's just it's a it's important part. I and think like I, I forget that. that when I tell you to go race for a track title at the beach. <laughs> I forget that I wouldn't never get to see. Well, Myrtle race. Beach is on fans' choice. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, this year it was. So it was. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like you said, our partners. I mean, Mark Thomas with all things automotive. He wasn't. He's. I think he's been. He came to Martinsville last year, and but he couldn't come this year because he had a conflict of schedule, whatever. But he watched every lap of the race on on Fans Choice and was excited excited for us. And um, I hate he couldn't make it, but um, yeah, that's a big deal. Like I mean, like you said, yeah. they can be able to they get more return on what they're investing in us. You right know before I mean? we right before we let you go, um, there was one thing I wanted to get to, and uh, you um, obviously you drive the late model car. Um, what other things you've gotten into? Some other things to you know, create income, but also some, you have a passion for, and this, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but this may have started through this late mile program. What are some of the other things you're getting into here last year or two? Yeah, just more and more. I've been just doing some coaching and stuff. And, and, you know, we, at the beginning of the year, especially more at the beginning of the year, I worked a lot with Sam Mayer, which he drove for us last year. He went to GMS to do a Canaan and an ARCA deal, and, and I did a lot of testing and stuff with him early on and kind of got and helped get him going and helped get their program going. And, you know, it's been a, a big uh, big help for me. That was a, it was, it was, a, it was more help than I think I realized it was going to be because um, met a lot of great people there. Um, Marty Lindley runs his deal. I've become a really good friend of him, That's and cool. he's helped me a lot. And I think I've helped them a lot. I mean, we both have had great seasons. So got an opportunity with uh, Visconti Motorsports. I went and did that Canon race a couple weeks ago and finished third at New Hampshire. Never been there. Awesome so that drive. was pretty – it was pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's a possibility of working on some stuff to do do with them next year. But, um, yeah, that, that part of it, I guess – I don't know. I, I guess I always try to even not – fully commit to it but just think about what's going to happen when I'm if I'm not racing anymore like what I'm gonna what path I want to take you know um sometimes uh, I saw Rodney tweeted me and said that he thought I'd be staying on on a pit box one day um mm, I don't know yeah. about that but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's harder than man so that was so when we took we took Sam to the Bobby Isaac Memorial at Hickory uh, yeah. like a month ago and that was my first real race I think where I was you know that Adam Lemke ran our 98 car Sam ran the 88 car. I was the crew chief for it. It was my responsibility. And then plus, I guess, as much as I had worked with Sam throughout earlier in the season, I guess that made it. But, but, I mean, at the end of that race when he was leading, I was a – I mean, you want to talk about being nervous. I mean, I walked two laps around the infield because I'm like, what if the caution comes out? What if we break? You know, so I'm like – because I – you know what I mean? Like, we, it was almost like last night. It, I mean, like I was – a hundred times more nervous about that than I ever was Saturday night. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't. Well, I don't know about well, that. I know. I know. I, I'm. You should be an owner. It's just bad that way too. <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine. No, I, I mean I, that's what I mean. I, I don't know. It's just. I guess when you're driving, I guess you just feel more in control. You know, I, I know. I know what's the, what the car's doing, how it's feeling, what you know, how hard I'm pushing it. You know, if I got anything left or not. You know, but when you're watching, especially these younger drivers that are learning and developing. I mean, you don't you don't know what going through their minds honestly yeah Yeah, you just don't know (laughs) i mean they could be out there driving the hell out of it you know you don't know i mean (laughs) feels like everything actually yeah yeah Yeah. that's worried all the time you just never know what to expect with them you know um so i was like man i hope the caution don't come out you know what if he's burnt the tires off of it something you know blah blah blah. but they ended up working out and he won and that was a big deal for our program because he you know he spent a whole season racing for us and learning and for him to come back and just just see how much he's improved as a driver and come back you know so 
doing those things are fun. Like I said, I, I think about, you know, if I would ever spot or, you know, coach or whatever, but I really love the short track racing. You know, I, I, I could see myself being on a pit box one day, but I don't think on, on a, you know, a cup car or I'm not sure Xfinity car, but I, I could definitely see, you know, being Xfinity like a Marty that's crucial for a short a little, track racing, you know. Like, so why not Xfinity? That'd be so easy. You get three sets of tires or whatever for a race. You know when to put them on. There's no secret, you know. There's no trickery or strategy. You just kind of, all right, cross it out. Here we come. Everybody's <laughs> coming. Follow them on down. I think yeah. we got Goes. a few crew chiefs here. It might take a little bit of an exception to that. Go as fast as you can on this pit stop. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I there's know. no strategy. That's all there is to it. They have, the, they have the tires. They know when they put them on. The part that gets me about a lot of that racing is how much, how many people just do the same thing the leader does yeah. all the time. But that's what Steve Latart says. He says he was the best at that. One of the best yeah. at that. He's, like he's like do the should, opposite. You well, know, you, you should watch it from uh, you know thirty thousand feet. Like seeing it from our view. It's like, oh, that's so easy. You should have done. <laughs> you should have done the other thing. But when they're when you're down there on pit road the and all this, yeah. you know, everything's happening and you've got people in your ear and everybody, mm-hmm. all, all these engineers and everybody, it's, it's you're like, just do what they do. Gonna, right. You know, don't put myself on an island. I don't want to be the only guy that makes a mistake. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I think one thing that I have working against me and that is not having an engineering degree and but for some reason I feel like that the sport is going back towards yeah, a, toward the other racers. way yeah. to more of right and it seems well, like whenever a racer like I mean you look at Matt McCall Rodney yeah. all these people that were racers that seem to have success in that in that area not that I mean, mean Boswell I mean he's doing a great job with yeah. what he's doing I mean yeah. it's the crew chief it's not about being a racer or an engineer it's about being a people guy mm-hmm. you know you're, the crew chief isn't really going to be solely responsible for the performance of the car. That's going to be your lead engineer's role. Um, here's the setup, man. All right, you're tight. Here's what I do. He's going to hand you that information. You're going to pick pick the best thing to do in that moment. But overall, the the crew chief is is just a great people person, a manager of folks, and um, you seem to be doing that. So yeah. you got a lot of opportunities down the road, and I wouldn't even worry about them right now. <laughs> I'd try to keep digging uh, in that late model car and, and all the while working in the background trying to see what other opportunities you can get in mm-hmm. racing. Everybody wants to see you. Just like you said, uh, you'd love to have more opportunities in trucks or Xfinity if those come about, and we're always digging on the, you know, digging in the dirt to see what we can scrounge up. But, um, you know, you got a lot of you – a, you had a big win. Enjoy that. Let that sink in. Race on the rest of the season. Enjoy the off season. You got a lot of things in your personal life to mm-hmm. be excited about, and um, including a Tahoe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about the Tahoe. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh my gosh, I I, I could I cracked up when she come and said that because I said it. I said I did. I yeah. said that's exactly. And, and then who would have thought if you we were going to get one? What color would you get? Mm. What color is she like? <laughs> well, she was there for a while. She said black, but I said, man, that gets too dirty too yeah. quick. Probably white. White? I think I think so. I would have to ask her. I don't know. It's dirty. Yeah. 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 Maybe a uh, kind of like a charcoal or something. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah, I would have to ask her. But that was so so funny. That was so funny. (laughs) All right, buddy. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. We are technically streaming, and are we up? Technically. Technically, technically, stream. technically stream. Hello, we are, we live. are live. Hey, everybody. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. for the Dale Jr. Download live on the Ask Jr. part of the show, uh, presented by Nationwide. 
uh, Leah is going to bring up the questions, so let's get started. Hello. First question from Mike Fitch wants to know, are you in favor of changing the penalty for speeding on pit road, especially at tracks like Dover? I don't think putting a car two plus laps down for an extra tenth of a second they may be gained is fair punishment. Perhaps let three cars pass you or maybe a uh, stop spot like the Roval. No. Um, I mean, I appreciate the ingenuity, you know, the thought there, and I understand what he means. That track and other other smaller tracks, if you have to pit for whatever kind of penalty, it's much more excessive than it would be at a bigger place like Indy or a road course, even. Um, So yeah, it's like the punishment doesn't meet the crime or fit the crime. But um, I I think that you got to have consistency. The rules need to be the same. Every chance we can make them the same or simple. So so they're simple to understand. So when you go to this track or that track or that track, it's the same rule, same penalty. I would uh, be opposed to changing that. JFZ28 on YouTube. He wants to know if there's any update on North Wilkesboro. Yeah, we're, we're, we're moving along. You know, a lot of emails flying around between uh, Marcus Smith at, you know, with, with uh, Charlemagne Speedway and the owners of North Wilkesboro, the iRacing folks that are going to come scan the track once we have it cleared, and Mike Davis and myself and a few other people as well. So, yeah, we're moving forward on that. We're going to keep you updated. Once we get there uh, and, and handle that, I think Dirty Mo Media is going to capture some content of mm-hmm. that particular event and us doing that. So we're going to put out a piece, much like our Time Machine piece that just recently came out on our YouTube page. If you haven't seen that, go see it, uh, Time Machine, on on this YouTube page for Dirty Mo Media. But, uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we'll let you know. It's, it's still a, a month and or so a little further out. Getting a lot of questions about Halloween, a couple of different ones. The first one, do you have a favorite costume that you dress up as a kid? And then does Isla have one this year? I, Amy keeps changing Isla's. Um, <laughs> every day she comes home and goes, she should be this. She should be. <laughs> we should dress her like this. And, I'm, and they're all great ideas. Amy is so creative. Um, Amy is so smart and clever in those type of things. So it's going to be great, whatever it is. Um, this year, I th- well... This year, I'm going to dress up as the wheel from The Price is Right. <laughs> so that's going to be my costume this year. Wait, what? Yeah. What? How yeah. do you dress up as a wheel? You, hey, I, hey no, we're going to have to I wait. I have, wait you have to, to wait. see this. Yeah. But I will be the wheel from The Price is Right. The big wheel, yeah. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to an 80s, 90s themed birthday party, and I needed a costume, so I bought that for the, for the themed uh, party, and I'm just gonna, that's going to be my Halloween costume. But my favorite costume as a kid was a football player. I had the this oh, but I had the pants with the pads, white, no stripes, red jersey, shoulder pads, no numbers, hmm. just the most basic retail football uniform you could find. I mean, it was sad. Didn't even have numbers. I had the plastic white helmet with a plastic bar. Um, but I wore that thing till it was too small. I wore it like I was a football player for like four years in a row. I wanted to be a football football player so bad when I grew up, and then you know I didn't grow. I didn't get big enough. You didn't grow up. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason Probus wants to know: Do you think it'd be wise for a major network to televise dirt racing, USAC or World of Outlaws? Locally, it's obviously popular and covered on the internet in ways, but it would be super cool for it to be mainstream. Hundred percent. Um, I would love for there to be a racing channel. You know, a lot of people are going to say, well, there's speed and MAV TV does a lot of racing, which is great. I, uh, check that MAV TV channel every once in a while, see if there's anything good on there. Um, NBC, uh, SN is, uh, showing K&N races and a lot of other motorsports events, uh, more frequently, but I would love like a, uh, 
maybe not even a NASCAR channel, but just a racing channel where I know I'm going to turn it on and see cars racing uh, all the time. I don't want no damn restoration show or no auction show. I don't want none of that mess. I want racing 24 hours a day. You know, it's like anybody, it, everybody it, with me at those casinos when yeah. there's always that one channel with the hotels and casinos, that one channel that has the horse racing yeah. on it. Like you always turn it on and there will be always a race. horse racing. Yeah. Well, it's always horse racing, but yeah. you want that for. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I want it to be that dependable. Yeah. You know, I do. I do like watching the car auction sometimes, but I, if it's a racing channel, it needs to just be always racing. That is, that's a good idea. Um, Express Lawn Care Services, they have a question about your shoes. Uh, what type of Asics do you wear? These are Mexico 66. That's mostly the model of Asics that I wear, and they have all types of colors. And I think that's why I like them, because they're kind of like wrestling shoes in the, in, the, in the way that they're very comfortable, very little sole, um, and very flexible, and like kind of like wearing bedroom slippers, to be honest with you. And I like the retro look. Heather Rogers wants to know, do you think Indy could be a night race? Uh, be a yeah. lot, be, take a lot of lights. Yes, it would. <laughs> yep. I don't know if the sun is bright enough. It would take a ton of lights to light that place up, and I don't know if anybody wants to spend that money. All right, that's all we got today. Well, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Ask Junior, live, uh, presented by Nationwide. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there, white flag. All right, it's time for White Flag. Guys, we have a guy who works here at Junior Motorsports. His name is Ryan Dextrays. You know him. And his daughter, Kenley, is being honored at the White House this Friday, wow. along with her 12-and-under softball team from Rowan County because they won the Little League Softball World Series in Portland, Oregon last month. Can you believe that? That's She's unbelievable. Great kid so too. they went undefeated in the postseason. Their final two games were live on ESPN, yep. right? And this little team for Rowan won the whole smash. And as a matter of fact, Kenley Dextrays, starting shortstop, made the final out to win the thing. It was amazing. I even watched some of this last night on YouTube. So I just, I love the story. I wanted to lead off White Flag with a big congrats to Kenley, to Ryan, because listen, us fathers know you're very much invested into the emotions and everything else that comes into that. Um, and so what an amazing accomplishment from, uh, from this, this uh, group of girls just nearby, the, the World Series. I'm so impressed. Um, all right, moving on. Here's something else coming out this week. As, as a matter of fact, tomorrow, Tuesday, October 8th, is the paperback edition of Dell Jr.'s New York Times best-selling book, Racing to the Finish. This paperback edition has bonus material that was not in the original version. So if you've not read Dell Jr.'s book or if you know somebody who needs to read it, there's always those people. This is a good time to get it. Racing to the Finish is available wherever books are sold. And you can also go to DellJr.com slash book. The Dale Jr. Download TV show is on NBC Sports Network this Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and that will be the only airing, so you got to catch it then. Uh, follow Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, our most recent project, Time Machine, is there now. We had a great response to that. Um, we got a big weekend at Talladega coming up. It's the 50th anniversary weekend. I believe we got to see where we're going to have the silver and black number three car pacing the field. Did I see that? That would be cool. Um, it's also the grand opening of the Talladega Garage Experience. That is a major renovation and overhaul there. So uh, they got all kinds of uh, uh, events and concerts going on. To get tickets, go to talladegasuperspeedway.com or call 855-518-RACE. Apple Podcast Reviews, Moy. 
1020 writes, this 51-year-old grandma from Myrtle Beach cannot get enough of this podcast. I'm hooked. I just downloaded 30 old episodes to listen to on a cruise next week. Kind of makes me feel bad. I never liked Junior when he was a driver. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can always come around here. Hot Red... Hot Rod Welder writes, I just watched Time Machine. It's amazing even on a computer screen. You can feel the emotion that Dale has for sports, for, for the sport and his fans, as well as the adoration the fans have for him. It made me well up with tears at least four times. Nothing else to say, Dale, but respect. And then Derek7513 writes, I've been listening to DJD since its first season. However, now as a father to a one-year-old, also named Isla, I find myself listening more to for the insight into Dale's life with his daughter and wife. I just watched Time Machine and said to my wife, if I can be half the father and husband that Dale Jr. is, I'll be all right. Wow. So Derek, mighty fine words. Wow, what, how, how nice. Uh, and so thank you guys, uh, everybody who left us ratings and reviews on the Apple Podcast. Lastly, I just want to say happy birthday to somebody this week. Maybe even Thursday. You didn't think we forgot about your birthday, did you? 45. Dale Jr., happy that. birthday, brother. Oh, wow. Happy and I birthday. hope it's a good one, man. Uh, you deserve it. And so maybe, I don't know, as a gift, I want everybody to send Dale Jr. Flood his timeline with Unicorns happy birthday messages. And cupcakes. And- there you go. All right, some odd history. All right, we're headed to Talladega this week, and that reminds us of one of the great unsolved mysteries of our sport. In the early morning hours of August 11th, 1974, just an amazing year, (laughs) an unknown vandal (laughs) snuck through the garage area in Talladega and sabotaged the cars of the top 10 qualifiers following for the following days, Talladega 500. So he was very selective. Top 10 qualifiers only. (laughs) That's right. All right. He finished the So he's he's paying attention. Yeah. So that's the first clue. When the garage opened that morning, the damage was found by the uh, Team Pisky crew, which expected sabotage had been happening all season. Oh. What? Yeah, it's crazy. As a protection the night before, Roger Pisky told the crew to disconnect the fuel filler from the tank. And the following morning, crew members found sand and rocks sitting on top of the fuel cell. So they disconnected the filler neck, and so when someone would put anything in there, it would just fall into the tank, into the into the uh, fuel cell trunk area. Uh, so funny. all the other teams were warned, and the top ten starters found their cars were damaged as well. Richard Petty had the tow in adjusted on his car. David Pearson's car had the tow in off by as much as two inches, mm. and a cut oil pump belt. <laughs> Holy moly! Buddy Baker had tires slightly cut. So that they wouldn't blow out immediately, but until the race begun. Mm. Kel Yarbrough had soda and rocks poured in his fuel cell. A caution was thrown around lap five so teams could check their cars and ensure that there wasn't anything wrong and the repairs could be done quickly. That was tough for the teams and the drivers alike. David Pearson said, I'm trying to block it out of my mind. You noticed I said that I was trying, said old David Pearson. Mm. (laughs) He's trying. Of course, there were suggestions of taller fences and more security, all right, for the garage area. I'd say so. Benny Parsons had one of the more popular ideas among the garage. He wanted NASCAR to use dogs in the garage overnight. (laughs) Benny said, I mean, mean dogs, ones that are hungry. Don't feed them. And all you need are two. He he knew he just need two dogs. (laughs) Benny, very specific. He he knows something about it, I guess. Very specific in his demands. Yeah. 
Mean dogs, hungry dogs. Yep. Just two. Just two. <laughs> Despite two security guards patrolling the Talladega garage overnight, none of the vandals were seen. It was believed they either hopped a fence or hid in a van that was already parked in the garage until everybody left. Teams felt whoever did this had extensive knowledge of the cars and a lot of the time to be able to work on them. Mm-hmm. So whoever did it, it remains a mystery. No one was ever caught. I be damned. I can't believe that. It's Never caught them. I tell you what, Talladega, I mean, the last couple of weeks we've had a couple of security Gosh. breaches at Talladega between yeah. the guy that uh, I can know, imagine took, that, the, took the pace car and then this. I, I can imagine that this has been contemplated for, I mean, obviously since 1974, but it sounds like to me it was another team and some crew members on that team probably hid in one of the haulers yeah. until the garage closed. They come out of the hauler with, with stuff that they'd already brought to the track that had been in their trailer all weekend. Mm-hmm. And started fooling around with the top ten qual. They picked the top ten, so I would have suspected the eleventh place qualifier. Did you, <laughs> you not got that guy? I would have went and looked in his hauler. I don't no? know. Okay. Maybe it was L.W. Wright, but uh, you know he yeah. he's nowhere to be found either. All right, <laughs> good stuff. What a show! It's a good show, man. I'm I'm thrilled with this show. I think it's going to be a great one, Matthew. He's got, <laughs> he's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, get to work, Matthew. Get to work, Matthew. <laughs> Have a great day. This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.